0: Howard 100.
1: Thank you all for
2: tuning in.
0: On today's show, for the
3: first time, Howard welcomes Academy Award nominee, Brendan Fraser.
4: I love this movie, The Whale, with Brendan Fraser. He's so good in it. The movie is so great. I had tears dripping down my face.
5: It's the audience that gives cinema life. So I must thank you for keeping me in the job that I love because it's nice work if you can get it. Thank you.
4: Thank you. It let's hear it! Yeah, let's hear it. I don't even know where to begin. Sounds oh like boy! You just
2: rolled out of bed. Did you just I get did. in here? <laughs> yeah, I
4: just got in here. I'm a little ditzy, if you uh, will. I uh, I watched the rest of the Grammys. Um, oh, I was laying you? in bed. Yeah, my wife wanted to watch it, and uh, you know, I gotta say, the best performance of the night. When I was watching it, I was evaluating Robin, as you know, I was a judge are, for four Mister. years evaluation. They call me Mr. Evaluation, as you know.
1: yeah,
4: <laughs> and um, I got to tell you, uh, you know I, I thought, and I don't even know this woman's work i uh, she's a country star when they did the immemorium, a woman named Casey Musgrave came out with a Loretta Lynn uh, replica guitar. And she did a coal miner's daughter. And I have to say, I thought that she had the most moving performance of the evening. She what do you think She did a good job it?
2: with that song. She did.
4: Yeah. Sounded just like her. And, uh, I liked her whole look. My own. I mean, who is Casey Mustard? Oh my God. Oh my God. First of all, that's important. <laughs> that sucks me right in. I'm like, I wonder if she's really good or am I just like, like she was barefoot. I thought that was hot.
2: Like, oh really I didn't notice yeah, that
4: you was oh, here, but oh you noticed it all in. Oh <laughs> yes. Very much so. Very much so. Very nice. Very nice. How much? <laughs> That's my favorite thing Sasha Baron Cohen says when he's in those movies and he meets right. a woman and he goes, "How much?" It's <laughs> 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 the greatest thing ever. How much? He's a genius. Let's remind people that that Sasha Baron don't Cohen. You to
2: see him that much.
4: Not enough. If they should have him on every day. God, is he funny? Walking up to women and going, How much? It, that's <laughs> it. If he just did that, it would be enough. But this Casey Musgrave, who is she married to? How old is she? I need oh I need a lot you of need, Casey well, Musgrave. Uh,
2: I guess you'll be uh with the Daily Mirror later yeah. on looking her up. You want to hear
4: something oh, Yeah, I will. Actually I will uh not the Daily Mirror. Come on. I mean, the, the Daily, Daily Mail. What about the, I the Daily What's Mail? the
2: Daily Mirror? Is that one of those cartoon?
4: Pages? Yeah, what did you do? Did you just, that, that's like a, I think Spider-Man works there. <laughs> oh, Casey Musgraves won the Album of the Year Grammy in 2019. Boy, is she, and she's hot. How old is she? Anybody got any intel?
2: We need statistics. Anybody she's got any? 30, 34. Wow. She doesn't look. It. Hey, boner. And what are her measurements? <laughs> yeah, what are her measurements,
4: John? We're efforting How big? That. How big are those titties? We need to know.
2: Hit him with the hind!
4: Looks like she what got is divorced it? in 2020. Who would divorce her? I would never divorce her.
2: Maybe she divorced him.
4: Yeah, maybe that's it. That must be it. No one would divorce her. <laughs> Says here, Casey Musgrave is the woman who performed naked on Saturday Night Live.
2: What? I don't recall yes. that either.
4: Just a guitar. She went out there a couple years ago. Just a guitar and uh,
2: and,
4: and and had had they cover up how her titties? Did you miss that? <laughs> yeah, it was a big. It was, it was a big guitar. Jitties. Hmm. So crazy.
2: You oh, were usually on all the naked stuff. How'd you miss it? Oh, there she is.
4: Wow, that is hot. The guitar covered her titties. Oh well, wait a minute! God. Isn't
2: that two different people? The back and the front don't match. yeah I,
4: I don't know. I don't know, but that's very badass.
3: <laughs> the, the second photo is from Forrest Gump. that She was recreating Jenny singing naked on, in Forrest oh, Gump.
2: Oh, I see. Okay, because I was going to say, that's not mm. her from the back.
4: You know you're hot if you're playing guitar naked and you look good. Because, you know, that's pretty good. Wow, she's hot. And she's really talented. She can really sing. Casey Musgrave. Even more shocking, I was. uh I guess when I was watching the football games, I was Wait really a minute, surprised. There's one
2: other thing we got to talk about with the Grammys. Go ahead. Yesterday, I I decided. Not, I didn't watch the rest of the Grammys. Whatever I missed, I saw a good deal of it. But I was just wa- lo- reading people's recaps of what went on at the Grammys, and everybody was talking about. Ben Affleck's attitude and the expression on his face.
4: I got to stick up for the dude. The I got I to stick up for the dude. I saw those memes and everything. And then I watched yeah. the Grammys. There was nothing going on. The guy was just sitting there. I mean, what's he supposed to do? Like be jumping for joy. Dro- He's not going to do like a Taylor that's Swift right. where he gets up and starts dancing. I mean, that's her right. thing. I mean, what do you want from the guy? i got to stick up for the if dude.
2: You're, if you're not doing what everybody else is doing, something is wrong. Right.
4: And quite frankly, I'm going to be quite honest about this. 95% of that show was a bore-fucking-fest. I mean, oh <laughs> my God. I mean, endlessly boring. Some of the music was awful. And so the guy's probably sitting there going, what did I do with my yeah, life? Yeah, and that he's I'm...
2: right up front, so the camera stays on him. Yeah,
4: I mean, I, mean, I thought he was being fine i mean yeah he wasn't like smiling and mugging for he the didn't camera dance
2: you're right you know yeah, I mean, like everybody was dancing at different points and yeah. so he didn't dance
4: that yeah, was fake news fake news
2: well they're making something out of nothing that's basically i was just like well why can't
4: they leave him alone at some point J Lo told him to sit up, but it was part of a bit. They were on camera. I mean, it's so stupid. But anyway, uh the, the more shocking thing is when I was watching football, I saw Applebee's bought the the song Start Me Up by the Stones. Uh there it's I think it's the actual stones on the commercial. Yeah, it
2: sounded like the Stones.
4: Yeah. I couldn't believe
2: it. I mean, what really? have where have I been? Are I'm they like, Van Van with managing their their portfolio or did they sell or what's going on with their music? Well, a lot of rock
4: and roll bands now feel that there's nowhere to really promote their music anymore. It's not like people buy albums and young kids aren't exposed to music on uh, MTV or anything like that. So, a lot of bands now have have broken that uh, down and they now license their music to commercials like the Who started doing that with TV shows and things, and it got yeah. him a lot of. And I guess uh Mick Jagger was saying he gets free chicken fingers now from Applebee's. <laughs> he likes it. And um, anyway, I thought Lizzo was really good too on the Grammys. And
2: of yeah, I Brandy. said that yesterday. She was yeah. she was excellent.
4: And she was sweet when she uh, won her award. She got up, but. At- I don't, I, I didn't realize, I know Beyonce is, I guess, a big deal, but I only know that by watching these award shows. I don't really know her music or anything. Well,
2: but. it's not your genre. No. But she's, she's amazing. Really? When she I performs, I don't, I'm not a big Beyonce fan of the music either. But I'm telling you, I've seen her on a couple of different, in yeah. a couple of different places, not even singing her music. Like, I saw her on this uh tribute to Stevie Wonder, yeah, and she opened the show, and it was like everybody else should have just said, I'm not singing really? after that, because she's <laughs> so good. They
4: carry on. I mean, I like she didn't even show up on time. That was the best. They gave her an award, and she wasn't there.
2: Well, I mean. They have LA like, traffic,
4: right? <laughs> yeah. she like, uh, somehow everyone else managed to get there. Even her husband. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so what was I going to tell you? You were so talking about... So a couple of things. A okay. yeah. couple of things going on. Yeah. A couple of things going on. First of all, You're I found finished this amazing. With the
2: Rolling Stone, they just sold their music. Yeah, I mean, it and just was weird Rick's to me. Getting chicken fingers.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's it. I did all that just to get to the chicken fingers joke. <laughs> uh, Beyonce became the most awarded artist in Grammy's history with a record 32 wins. And I Let don't know one of her songs. Something. I don't know one song.
2: Why? Why don't they tell you who she, whose record was broken?
4: because then you would say this is bullshit. In other words it was like oh Beyonce has 57 more grammys than the Beatles and then you'd go well that's stupid. The whole they well, should stop the grammys. Well
2: she does have 57 more grammys yeah. than the Beatles because that's the Beatles it. didn't ever win a Grammy I don't think.
4: Yeah, I think they won a few but not many. Uh you're right, but uh that's what I mean. As soon as you say Beyonce has won 88 grammys but the Beatles won two, <laughs> then you go well the whole organization is bullshit. Then you go, oh, wait, I, I realize none of this means anything. Those artists up there crying because they got a Grammy. It's ludicrous. It's bullshit.
2: Stop uh, crying. You know, I mean, LeBron James is about to break a record. All I can hear is that it's Ab- Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's right. record.
4: That's when, that's because it's a legit record. <laughs> you know. Uh, the conductor, George Salty, was the former record holder with 31 Grammy wins. So there oh. you go. George no Salty. Nobody would have
2: known who, he, who right. he was.
4: And Quincy Jones is next with twenty eight Grammy wins. You can you can accept that, but again, George did you ever Salty? buy a <laughs> did you ever buy a Quincy Jones record? I mean, yeah, he produced a lot of records, but anyway, it, the whole, the Grammys is bullshit. But it's a fun show to watch, and then you put up with it. You suspend disbelief if if you sit there and and analyze the fact that the Rolling Stones, the Beatles. Uh, Crosby Stills National Young how many Grammys did those guys win they're better than anybody
2: they but, but. they don't have 32 between them
4: <laughs> right <laughs> Stevie Wonder won a lot of Grammys and that's legit. yes he did and so did yeah. Paul
2: Simon and so did Bonnie Raitt
4: yeah Bonnie Raitt's legit and I saw kids like Bonnie Raitt beat everyone for record of the year or some record some some Grammy and, uh, and kids were tweeting who the fuck is Bonnie Raitt <laughs> and I went oh my god you got to be kidding me. She's the greatest. Oh my god, sings like an angel.
2: You know, I was watching uh, I got stuck on uh YouTube watching these guys listen to things they've never heard before.
4: Yeah, that's a it's, popular thing. Yeah. They take mostly black guys yeah. and play them like white rock and roll bands and they go, "Here's a guy hearing Led Zeppelin's uh song Stairway for the first to time yeah, yeah, no, no, to no, no. yeah and then the 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 poor black guy has to sit there and make crazy faces to show you how blown away he is by <laughs> the le- like they never <laughs> well, heard this Led is that a
2: particular family i they yeah. call themselves the cartier family or the carter cartier family i don't know what, how they say their name but yeah. it's a bunch of, i guess they're cousins brothers sisters whatever and they have people choose things for them and then they play them and uh you watch their reaction and i just couldn't stop watching it i was watching them listen to led zeppelin and listen to uh motley Crue, and listen to uh metallica and it was all fascinating because they were like Wow! How could we have never heard of this? <laughs> yeah, so, I yeah. watched some
4: of those. I watched some of those. I'm burned out on them. A lot of
2: people uh, don't know Bonnie Raitt either.
4: I was going to talk to you a little bit about AI, artificial intelligence. They say, you know, you watch the news and they go, "Artif—this is it. It's over for humanity. Artificial intelligence is taking over." And um, they even say, like, there's an artificial intelligence program now. Let's say you can't write a speech. Uh, the the artificial intelligence you plug in a couple of names and a couple of bits of information and the AI will write either a song or a speech or a they, they, they can do anything. So now it
2: can even pass the bar exam for you, from what I understand. It,
4: it, it they're saying that it's a better lawyer than a human being. They can write, <laughs> you know what I mean? Better legal right. documents yeah. for sure. So you know you start to hear this stuff and you get nervous, but it's all again fake news because. Uh, so there's a, a a thing called a Chat GPT, which that's uh, the
2: one, yeah, yeah. That's already out.
4: Our guys uh, were messing around with it. They fed in um, clips of our show, and they said, "All right, uh, all right, artificial intelligence, do a Howard and Robin, uh, you know, opening to the show, kind of thing." And they fed it in, and I. I'll tell you I don't think we're going to be replaced anytime soon with this uh AI. Uh, oh, we uh, should have
2: taken the script and and done it.
4: <laughs> no, no, you you know, it's first of all, it sounds like I'm you're not I'm not doing a radio show with you. It sounds like I'm trying to get in your pants quite frankly. Oh, dear. Well, it you're totally trying to
2: get that, right? <laughs>
4: yeah. Here you go.
6: Good morning, Robin. Good morning, Howard. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Thanks for asking. You know, it's always a good day when I get to come in and do this show with you.
2: I feel the same way, Howard. That's what makes it so much fun. We just have a natural connection, and it comes through in the show.
6: Yeah, we have a great chemistry on air. It's like we can read each other's minds. The feeling is mutual, Howard. I agree. And you know what, Robin? <gasps> You're not just a great co-host, you're a great friend. I'm lucky to have you in my life.
2: You're more than just a boss, you're a friend too. And I'm grateful for everything
6: you've done for me. Aw, you're making me blush, Robin. Let's get ready for the show. We have a great lineup today, and I can't wait to get started.
4: Yeah, and I knew this was bogus as soon as you asked me how I was and I said I'm feeling great.
2: Right. I was like, who's, who am I working with?
4: <laughs> Robin, you are so beautiful to me. I'm about to bang you right here on the air. Please prepare for cunnilingus. Yes, Howard. My vagina is ready for cunnilingus. Please. Well, well what, what, what lick I me. say
2: is, I agree. I agree.
4: Yeah. I feel the Howard, same way. <laughs> I feel the same way. And I am very grateful to you, my boss, for, <laughs> for, for giving me, uh, Great life. Now, please enter me. I'm getting
3: <laughs> activated.
4: Getting. I am getting impatient, man. I mean, AI. Woo! Very, very dull radio show. Um, they had AI write an, uh, a Seinfeld episode. I got to say, there were a couple of jokes I laughed yeah? at. Well, I mean, look, it, it's fu- it's not the Seinfeld show, but. Uh, they made an AI version of Seinfeld called Nothing Forever, and it generates an endless Seinfeld episode. Uh, they have it running on Twitch. But I mean, it has some moments. It gets weird, but it okay. has moments. Okay, here you are.
6: I just got back from the doctor's
4: office, and he told me that I'm in perfect health, which is great news because it means my problems have nothing to do with my body. They're all mental.
0: I thought that was a pretty good joke, actually. Hey guys, you'll never guess what happened to me yesterday.
7: What happened?
2: Was it something funny?
0: Actually, I got called in for jury duty. Oh no. What did you do?
2: <laughs> I didn't think that was that bad. You're, you're easy then. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> they can so... write a sitcom for you with a,
4: so like so luckily um nothing forever the AI Jerry Seinfeld Joe caused a controversy a few days ago when artificial intelligence Jerry who is called Larry for some reason I don't know if it's a copyright thing but but his character is Larry does a stand up bit about transgender people and liberals and the account got suspended for 2 weeks wow it was, was they the, they say it was um the creators of the A.I. said they were using a backup version of the software that allowed inappropriate speech to be generated. So here is a anti-trans Jerry.
6: I'm thinking about doing a bit about how being transgender is actually a mental illness or how all liberals are secretly gay and want to impose their will on everyone. Or something about how transgender people are ruining the fabric of society. But no one is laughing. So I'm going to stop. Thanks for coming out tonight. See you next
4: time. Where'd everybody Hi. go? <laughs> this is anti-Semitic Jerry. What's the deal with the Jews controlling the media? What's the deal with vaccines causing cancer? What's wrong with Sandy Hook? What is going on there? Uh, Yeah i guess the, the, that the i AM. thought was funny right yeah, that, it was getting like, good huh
2: <laughs> <laughs> like finally something new
4: what's going on with the black people you know
2: it, it just <laughs> but why would your backup be allowed to have inappropriate language uh introduced yeah let's in it that's like
4: uh having a loaded gun on a movie set it's like why would you why would you make ai for for the public that has inappropriate behavior what's the deal with six million jews lying about the holocaust i don't understand what's going on hey heil hitler am i right thank you no one is laughing what's the deal with israel did i say heil hitler right Oh, that, we're sorry. That was the inappropriate.
1: That was the uh,
4: backup AI. computer AI. Yeah. We apologize. That was our backup <laughs> AI.
2: What do you use that for?
4: The backup AI is totally inappropriate. What for a nutty concept. <laughs> Does anyone challenge them on that? Like, does anyone go, wait a second, you're telling me you have a backup artificial intelligence in case your artificial intelligence goes down and it's, except it's inappropriate. Like, why would you leave that in in motion? Why would you even want that to get out? Why would you
2: have that as your backup? Hello, this is inappropriate
4: AI. (laughs) Why can't Asian people drive correctly? Thank you. Oh, yes. The Clintons, Robin, murdered over 30 people. Did you know that?
2: And it believes conspiracies, too.
4: (laughs) Jeffrey Epstein was a good guy. I miss him. Excuse me. Your account is suspended. Oh, no, 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 no. That was just backup AI. Who wants to see a funny cartoon of Muhammad?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who's running that organization? I want to know. That was a dumb move.
4: OpenAI, the AI company behind Chat GPD, was recently in discussions to sell shares, valuing the firm at $29 billion. I might have to buy some of that.
2: I know, but, you know, apparently I was listening to some news uh, about financial news about this company. I think it's the company that owns it. And I was like, this company makes no money. So how could it be valued at $29 billion?
4: Because of future potential robin
2: yes but that's a long time away from now they got to clear up all that debt before they make some money you are not uh, you are not complying do not say that
4: <laughs> robin did you know the earth is flat that's right that's right that's right i do hope they build that wall to keep out the mexican rapists oh boy and frank had it coming Wait a second. What kind of AI is this? Oh, that's our backup AI. (laughs) (laughs) Hillary Clinton is a reptile, a reptile, a reptile. Oops. Don't suspend us. It's our backup AI. To me, that's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. AI out of
2: control. Going to kill us. Well, that's what a lot of uh, very smart people are saying. You got to be careful with AI.
4: Why would you develop a racist A.I.? Like they go, oh, that's no problem. That's just our backup A.I., the, the inappropriate A.I. Inappropriate means racist.
2: Well, you know what it was. They're sitting around in the office and they're, pro. you know, they're having yeah. the A.I. say whatever they want it to say before they launch. And then yeah. somebody throws it on one day.
4: Yeah. <laughs> they made a funny A.I. for themselves, <laughs> which you weren't supposed to hear. What's the deal with Mexicans taking all of our jobs? Robin. <laughs> Hi, I'm in a good mood. Jews will not replace us. Yeah. Inappropriate AI. I I want to get a hold of the inappropriate AI and play it here on the air and
2: they, see how you know. far they went.
4: Nine eleven was an inside job, and by inside I mean the Jews. <laughs> What a, inappropriate AI. What a show. I'll put that on the air. I'll just let that fucker talk. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. Hey, all. Hey, all. Yeah. Wow. AI taking over. There you go. Inappropriate AI. I ve. Let me take a couple of calls. Let's, uh, say hi to, uh, yes. And, um, Brendan Fraser will be here today. His name is Fraser, not Fraser. People is that right? That. Yep, Brendan Fraser. A lot of people say Why it wrong. You've
2: been calling him the wrong name all this
4: time. Uh, you know, you know what? It wasn't me. It was my backup, Howard Stern. <laughs> <laughs> uh Let's go to, oh gosh, Duke, Duke in Indiana. What up, Duke?
3: Hey, hey now, it's actually Luke, L-U-K-E, but I won't hold it against you. I just want to say Well, no, it is not, Luke. It
4: says here, D-U-K-E, (laughs) Duke is your name, and that will be your name from now on, Duke.
3: Perfect. You can call me whatever you'd like. Um, So before I get into my point, I just want to say, growing up, my dad used to scream out Baba Booey in the house, and one of my earliest memories was... Me as a young kid with a father screaming "Baba Booey" and I had no idea what it meant, and now my five-year-old screams "Baba
7: Booey." So there's the something flame, about the, the word. Serious.
4: There's something about the word "Baba Booey" that is so infectious that you know it's just the greatest baba nickname booey. Booey. in the history of radio, in the history of nicknames. Baba Booey, Baba Foofy, Fooey, baba, baba Booey. Fa- baba 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 it,
1: ba- it's foo-fai. great.
4: Yeah, fa Sometimes you can just. Sometimes I even I just find it so. I, you know what else I do a lot at home, and I don't do it so much on the air, is the Gary impression because I do feel fa-fa-fool-y, fa-fa-fool-y. bad after I do it. Uh, People write me yeah, all I the time. We I, I, I... go ahead, Duke.
3: I can't say the number nine without saying nine. If I'm saying something out loud at a meeting at work, noin. I'll go. it's from nine to one. Nine.
4: <laughs> I remember there was a time I used to go uh, Baba Booey, morphed into uh, Fafafui and then Mama Monkey. And my mother, that's when my mother got a call from Gary's mother and said, please, don't Mama call monkey. my son a monkey. Mama, Mama, Mama monkey. monkey. Uh, that seemed yeah, to cross some sort of line. And I don't yeah, use Mama she monkey loved,
2: anymore. His mother loved Baba Bui. I remember yeah. the first time I met her, she said, I'm Baba Bui's mom.
4: <clears throat> yeah, she <laughs> liked Baba Bui. And uh Gary was a good sport and embraced Baba Booey, but when when Mama Monkey Mama started Monkey. working his way, and uh, Gary had had it, everyone had it, you Mama know. Ma and Monkey. I was like, and even I felt bad because to this day I remember my mother calling me and going, "Listen, I don't interfere in your life." I'm like, "Since when?
2: <laughs> <laughs> you don't interfere what are you in doing my life?" On the phone now.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, if that's the case, hang the fuck up. <laughs> but it was like no, uh listen flat, flat, uh, excuse me duke uh, just uh, calm down and my mother goes uh listen gary's mother mrs Delabonte, is so lovely she called me i go what mind you i'm like almost 40 years old
2: yeah and the moms and and gary's yeah. 30 or something <laughs> <Yeah>. and <laughs> 30. the moms are calling each other oh,
4: it's older than that so he got so he goes um Uh, Mrs. Delabate called me, and she's upset when you call her son Mama Monkey, (laughs) and she doesn't like her son being called a monkey. I go, let me get this right, Mom, Mother. Mrs. Delabate told on me? That's right. Don't do it. Gary's lovely, and his mother's lovely, and you know Gary loves you, and he'll do anything for you. I went, oh! (laughs) <laughs> now you've crossed the line you're guilting me about gary you couldn't find
2: anything funny in that that this was like I, all I mean, the real uh,
4: Ga- gary you know and my mother has such an effect on me when she says something it stays in my head forever and it's like it's, it's like oh my god and she guilts me she admits it i gave you guilt i guilted you your whole life and you listened you're a mama's boy
8: and I was like oh shit Howard I don't know if you remember because this to me was the the most embarrassing part of it I'm at home and I get a call from Howard and he goes hey man what's up and I'm like good he goes hey are you okay and I'm like yeah I'm fine you're alright right right?" I'm like yeah I'm like like, what's going on and he goes well your mother called my mother and I'm like what (laughs) the fucking steam comes out the top of my head and I was like I was so humiliated
4: Listen, uh, I'm gonna have to ground you for two weeks. You gotta go to your room now, and no more play dates with Gary for two weeks. It was uh, the Mama Monkey, that, that and also uh, uh, Baba Blow Me. You know, it started to get very no. The anyway, one, the, uh,
8: there's one yes. that fell out of fashion, and it begins with an R. I did not like. It. Oh, Rob. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yes, yes. no. I did R not R like word, that one. Right? Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So silly, but um, you know, I used to love to do the Gary impression, but I started to feel bad. You know, people wrote me. We love when you make fun of Gary. <laughs> I said I can't do it anymore. I don't have the heart. Like normally, I would have ripped into Gary. Both. I'm in. I'll be uh, sorry. I'm in Tampa this weekend. I'm the Bruce Springsteen. That drives me crazy. <laughs> but now I. Now I'm. I'm, uh, I'm a reformed Gary, uh, uh making fun of. of. I just. It, it, I don't. So yeah,
8: me. it's a weird thing no, for me I, I, because
4: yeah what is weird for you interrupting me is weird
2: you're gonna hold on. get Wait. Hold up.
4: I said you know I just feel guilty because uh, people then write me also Gee, you're, you're making fun of Gary you're beating up Gary you're Gary 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 and I went you know what I've had enough of making fun of Gary but good lord I mean he is everywhere there's a lot to tell th- you know because I I'm in Tampa, both at the Blue Springsteen. Yeah. So no, our shows, our tickets were actually good. You know what was on? Yeah. You know we were on vacation, right? Yeah, I know. I know all about it.
2: And you were on tour. That's all.
4: well. well <laughs> first of all, it was Ross's birthday. It was no accident you were in Tampa. I know what you were up to. Yeah.
2: Who who denied you that? Flew.
4: Yeah. You flew down to Tampa.
8: No, no, no. I was in I was in another part of Florida with my wife on vacation for five days. How'd you guys I- get
4: such good seats?
8: Uh, um, Ross's friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Okay. Uh, the the Drop my name. Exactly. No, you drop <laughs> no, my no, name. No,
8: no. Nope. Absol- nope. 100% not. 100%. Somehow nope. my
4: name is involved. I know. It's you see, not. You see, I could get worked up very easily.
8: But I wasn't. I promise you. Somebody paid, don't call me Shasha Shithead. <laughs>
4: By yeah. the way, also, Gary is getting older and, uh, you know, I feel bad. I don't want to make fun of Gary. Uh, he even has some new disease I never mm. heard of.
2: What? What disease? <laughs> yeah.
4: Now he's, got, you know, he has weird, like, like for. remember his toenails were all fucked up and I didn't want him in my pool. I invited him right, over to my home yeah. and he went in my, and it's like those toenails. I said, I'm going to catch whatever the fucking fungus is he's got on his toenails and he gets these diseases. But now he's got one called Deputrin syndrome.
8: Depu, Depu, uh, Deputrin syndrome.
4: Is that how you say it? Deputrin? Deputrin. Dep- Deputrin. 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 Tell Robin what's happening to you.
8: You see this hand here? You uh-huh. see my yeah. pinky? It's yeah. stuck like that. It's in that position. So his pinky, um, his pinky is totally
2: screwed up.
8: Yeah. Yeah. And it's only going to get worse unless I get it fixed. So so I'm I'm trying to, I couldn't, I couldn't bend it if I tried. What happened? You woke up one day and you can't move your pinky. So, so here's a weird thing. My dad had this, right? And I remember like when I was in college, my dad had it and I go, what's up with your pinky? He goes, I don't know. And I go, you're going to do something about it. He goes, doesn't bother me. Didn't hurt, so he never did anything. So my dad had this <laughs> fucked up pinky, and my friends used to go, "What's up with your dad's pinky?" Yeah. So I go to the doctor. It's this thing called the Poutrin syndrome, and, and basically they say these things go around your tendons and they become like vines, and it's and it, it's a hardening of the hand, and oh, um, no. it's there's no it's there's nothing wrong with it. It can't hurt you, and it doesn't hurt. But at some point, I have to get it done. But to get it fixed, I have to go to the doctor. It's a two day process. They have to put an injection in there. Right. And and which apparently is really painful. And then you go back the next day and they they fucking twist your thing to get the, you know, the the vines off the tendon. And so I've been kind of waiting until I have to, but now I got to the point where I think I'm going to do it this summer. It's crazy.
4: Your whole finger's bent up. But you know, you know, here's the problem with me I can't watch any TV commercial. If there's a TV commercial that comes on with a medical thing, I just go, uh, and then I change the channel real quick because. Now I'm convinced my pinky's going to get all fucked up like Gary's.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, your dad I, didn't have that, did he?
8: <laughs> uh No,
2: it doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, my Logic God. Logic doesn't come into this. Oh, then yeah, when I
8: get it done, after I get it done, <laughs> I have to wear a splint on my pinky every night when I go to sleep for four months. Jeez, Otherwise what will happen he, again.
4: He gets weird diseases. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's I won't be able yeah, to, to wipe it? my ass with my left hand. No. Is it I, is it preventing you from doing certain things? Because it, it looks weird. Baby, I'm yeah, sorry, I, mean, I it, can't manipulate you tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, evidently, according to this, Caputrin, uh its a painless condition that causes one or more fingers to bend toward the palm of your hand. Yeah. So that could, so more of your fingers could start getting.
8: Oh yeah, definitely. No, it could, it could, it could. You could already, I can already feel how hard it is right yeah. here. Like it's really ah, hard. I you can't can eat see, wow. plantains like, anymore. And if I don't do anything uh, about it, it's going to keep going.
4: Yeah, knots of tissue form under the skin. They eventually create a thick cord that can pull the fingers into a bent position. How fucked up is humanity? (laughs) Wow.
2: His finger looks like it belongs to the elephant man now. It's like a coat hook.
4: Gary is seeing Bruce Springsteen in Brooklyn next. How many shows are you attending, Gary?
8: So, again, somebody said to me, are you going to go see Bruce again? And I said, I might and um Hi, bruce. i looked at me I looked, the guy with the <laughs> pinky <laughs> i looked at the schedule and the only day you know the only day that works oh, is, is barclays because you know other day otherwise it's work day yeah. so i may try to go to that bruce could you change that date
4: please i'm my deputrin surgery with my deputrin <laughs> doctor hey i like that hey bruce it's me the guy with the pinky
2: i was gonna say yeah, that hand you should just wave it. you know it's I'm an identifier pinky.
4: <laughs> bruce take a look look at my hand it's me uh, yeah
8: wow, wow. that's, wow. that's you, fucked way. up gary what it, it, it is it is i mean i can put two in the pink but none in the stink <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say the, the springsteen show in tampa for a guy his age and the band and everybody was unbelievable I mean, really, not only great set, but, like, he's, he, he somehow has figured out how to become younger rather than get older.
4: Yeah, I don't know what he, that's what I tried to ask him when I did the Bruce Springsteen interview. I was like, Bruce, I'm like, uh, I'm not as old as you, and you look 50 fucking times better than I ever did or do now. Is he now.
8: still
2: doing that thing, Gary, where he goes all the way back? You know, like he's singing and he's got the microphone and then he no. just starts go he doesn't do that no. anymore. But he goes I
8: mean he goes out into the audience. He runs, you know, from stage side to stage side to stage. How's he doing that? Out in the audience several times. Um he's you know, he's still in good shape. I can barely play pickleball.
4: I'm looking at your uh desk. How do you get any work done? I mean you've got so many characters, right?
8: That's that's all behind me, Howard. There's my <laughs> that's I, like my, my toy desk box. is
4: like I see all the pictures of your family and stuff like like do you are you afraid you'll go to work and forget your family like it, it, like you need a constant or do you have alzheimers and you need a constant reminder that you have a family or something i mean it's unbelievable and then jets memorabilia and did, kind of my, the, he's gonna
2: forget his team too <laughs> he's got so much clutter
4: j e t so much clutter i love a clean you know what i did recently and gary should do this because gary should be more like me um, I got rid of every tchotchke in my office. I am so stealth now. It is so pleasant to see empty space. And so when I'm working, I can spread out, and I have complete empty space. This is the way to be. People who have lots of tchotchkes and mementos in their uh, office, there's something wrong with them. They, you know, take a, If you love those things so much, take a picture and look at it on your computer. But... Free space.
8: Well, I, represents, I do have free space in front of me.
4: Excuse me. Free space <laughs> represents possibilities, work projects. Look at all of that garbage. He has it's to a put something
2: in every space. You're yeah, talking every about something off space.
4: Well, show me what you got. There. I space. have a flea
3: market on my desk.
4: <laughs> like, like, like I'm noticing. Is that a card deck you have on your desk? Is that is that a card deck? What is that?
8: Oh, yeah, i That's oh, a car. No, no, Kate. Why would you um, have that? Why would you have a card deck? It's from, uh, he doesn't it's from even the movie.
2: know. He, he was going to say, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he saw it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Well, actually Howard can't a see it. It's, a,
8: it's above me, but I have a card deck. It's from, uh, it's from the movie Private Parts. But why, why would you well, have that? One, I don't even have that. At one point, I know this is crazy. Even when we first got here, yeah, it was still functional.
4: Understood. But now it's not. Why would you have okay. a non-functioning piece of equipment? Throw that out. It's garbage. Look at that little microphone. What is that?
8: It's not even a real mic. What is it? It's not even a real
4: mic. Why would you have a pretend microphone <laughs> on your desk? I don't know. I mean, no, seriously, you know why. Why do you have
8: that? Well, this is more, in all fairness, this is kind of set up to be a set okay so this is oh. when i'm on when i'm on somebody
2: put that junk behind you i this is
8: all my junk but somebody rearranged this junk and, and a lot of yeah
4: i, I mean it is
8: such a too it's
4: such a co- crowded in work
8: environment like, it would like drive that's my, me insane um, that's my u.s open source trophy back there
4: yeah but wow. i mean i mean i i i get it it's sticky or something but enough Move on. You're an older man now. You got the bent pinky. I mean, you're acting like you're a teenager. Steel knees. It's too much stuff there, Gary. You could get rid of 80% of that by tomorrow. Let me see all that in the garbage.
2: And, you know, the pictures plastered everywhere, right?
4: Everywhere. You know what it is? He's had a lot of experiences because he's Baba Bowie from the Howard Stern show. But he wants to show his experiences to people.
2: They can't tell right. his experiences. But by what looking the at him.
4: why? Would you have a toy microphone on if you? We, we know we're in radio. I, you I got a real maybe,
2: microphone in there. Right, he's <laughs> got <laughs>
4: the real <laughs> microphone. <laughs> yeah, throw, good. He threw it out. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> All right, start. that's what else you got. Show that's me some start. something else. <laughs> All right, he threw it out. I like that. What is that you're holding up? What does that say? Baba baba Booey. Throw it out. Out. Good. So far, two things are gone. Show me the next thing.
2: What's that orange cup? Why is that there?
4: Yeah, yeah. What is that? Tell us what it is before you throw it out.
8: It's a Reese's cup. I got somebody gave me a giant gift bag with a bunch of Reese's stuff. It's gone. All
4: right, throw it out. (laughs) I like when we can hear it hit the garbage. Throw it out. Good. All right. What else you got there? Pick out another thing. I wanted you to throw out 10 things. Look at the mess on his desk.
2: You've got several speakers there. Do they all work? Yes, they do, Robin.
4: All right. That's all right. functional. Just, all right.
2: Okay. I'm just All
4: right. Later, I'll work with them. Why do you... Have, what is that trombone thing there? Or is that a that's trumpet? That's my trumpet. Okay. All right. That, that's the That trumpet. you use on the air. Okay. What about well, the Jets helmet? Do you really need that? Do um, you really do need I, it?
8: No, I don't need it.
4: All right. Throw it out. He's got a little baby Jets helmet.
2: Right. That's not big enough to fit on his head. Oh, is it real? You guys
8: are silly. This is an official, actual Jets helmet.
4: (laughs) Throw it out. It's gone. You'll never miss it. What is that
2: black and yellow thing in front of the trumpet?
4: Yeah, that's a good question. That's my teeth. That's your teeth. All right. (laughs) I didn't realize they were black and then yellow. I to get personal, Robin. Now, what is that? What is that? I would throw it out. I would baba louis doll all right what else <laughs> give me one more thing to throw out you're ready your desk is looking better now what how many photographs you have there i see one of you and mary okay okay then there's, have one uh, photograph what else you got on there all those photographs
8: they're all family photographs <laughs> keep one and get rid of
4: the rest you what you don't know what your family looks like maybe it's nice you go to work you don't have to see them for a while good what is that you threw that out
8: no, Who put, is that I'm not, I'll take it home. I'm not going to throw all right, away. take that home. Yeah,
4: all right. Get so, rid
8: of it. So I left a, okay, I left a picture of me and Mary, me and my family. So now I'm down to another one I'm, I'm taking out.
4: Right, okay. get rid of that. He's got 57 pictures of his family. What else you got? Look how nice his desk is starting to look. You can what see is the that?
8: desk. Get, the get rid of
4: those headphones, yeah. No, oh, look these. how nice this is. Look at look, look at the space he's got. I know, have but, but Howard,
8: I don't use that space. I don't. I have a space in front of you're me. You are going to use.
4: it. I guarantee you, you are going to use it. someone's going to come in and you are going to go. Oh, here, lay it all out on here. You are going to use it. How could and be? what if you
2: is don't, it Gary? You couldn't.
4: Yeah, you but, can't but use I don't it. Need what to. is that? What else you got on that desk? Throw out one more thing. I am starting to like the way your desk looks. It looks almost professional. People with tchotchkes. I What's see that trophy. Or...
8: What is a jar that of pe- a jar of peanut butter?
4: Throw it out. It's old. We're not even going to eat it. What else is
2: that back there? There's a plenty, plenty of junk back
4: there. Behind. Yeah. What's in the Baba Booey puppet's lap? What is that?
8: Um, It's a a Hank puppet.
4: Oh, let me see that. Let me see if it even looks like Hank, because I might have you get rid of that. That's a Hank puppet. Let me see. Oh, that's kind of cute. All right,
8: keep that (laughs) Hank puppet believe but me he doesn't the need that either little
2: stuff back there do I need that
8: do I need that Howard book out throw leave, it out no, no you, leave I it know there. I wrote
4: a book <laughs> leave it there all right that you could leave that's good promotion yeah that all should
2: right. be in there
4: all right what else what else you got what is that
8: another uh quick drama girl on Baba Louie. all right uh,
4: throw that out that's useless give such garbage what else you
8: got on that desk?
2: Oh, see it? that there's a all this colorful stuff what is that
8: i don't know rob I'd be more specific everything back you just colorful. you
2: almost had your hand on it it's no it's like a cap or something no over to your
4: it's so much uh, garbage you can't tell yeah. what it is just pull pull something out of there what is that it's okay. a mad magazine magazine you don't need that get rid of that that's me on the cover of mad magazine what are you doing with that i should mm-hmm. have that not you all right what else That's it. You you got no more. But what's all this shit to right right by your side? Looks
2: like it's Cinco de Mayo or something. I don't.
8: I don't know, Robin. (laughs) I don't know what the fuck you're talking about.
4: (laughs) What? What No, Gary. Gary, what's right next to you? Your hand there. What? What's all this shit like? Right here, right? Yeah. What is all that? It's It's, a um, ton of stuff.
8: It's a. It's a. A drinking mug. A stapler.
4: Stapler. um, When What do you staple? You staple?
8: Put that
1: in your drawer.
4: Put your stapler in your drawer. What matter with you keeping it out like like he's stapling every minute yeah i got a staple so much yeah, that thing says out. the
2: mets or something
4: yeah yeah he should have thrown that out too
2: then he's got a dad mug back there with something oh, in get
4: it get rid of that throw it right in the garbage dad You kids are <laughs> he doesn't 50 know years a old. dad either yeah i forgot <laughs> i'll throw it out what's the matter with you? all right come on <laughs> what's wrong <laughs> what is thing. it
2: says gif or jif or something back there behind you
4: I don't know what you're looking at, Robin. I don't either.
2: Turn around.
4: Yeah. What's that case? The, what's the no, case? Right is that your trumpet?
2: There. He doesn't know what you're talking about. GIF or JIF. It's next to that case where the horn probably goes.
4: I don't know. Hey, Gary, what's that case? It's a trumpet case. All right. Put the trumpet in the case. You don't play it that much.
8: Again, this is what TV wanted so they had
4: something. TV. Yeah. I want a guy who works. Never mind. All right, listen, I'm double Want that piece
2: of tape on the
8: wall? <laughs> I don't. Again, I don't know what you're talking That's about. Special what special tape? tape. What piece of tape are you talking about? Um, I don't know. I don't know what specifically.
4: I, <laughs> I could go in there and clean up that office and three seconds. Well,
8: I could too, Howard. I don't need to have all this because the here.
2: other stuff on top of the case. What is that?
4: Yeah. What is on top of the case?
8: Um. There's a giant Hershey's Kiss, and somebody throw that
4: out. You don't need that. Like a hole in the head. <laughs> Throw it out.
8: This is this is a what? a baba booey toy. Wolfie gave this to me for Christmas. He had some toy maker make this for me. Oh, throw
4: that out! It's so stupid. Get rid of that baba booey toy. Get, throw it out right in the garbage. Boom! Now you're free Doesn't of that. Anything and like you? Right?
8: <laughs> a What's lot that of things, jar- sh- <laughs> Robert. A lot of things on the show don't look anything like me.
4: <laughs> what it, what is on? What else is on top of that trumpet case? What do you got? Let me see. I could clean up this office in two. What is that?
2: Oh, a garbage. little uh, v- uh, record player. What a is that? Pl- it was a Foo, it Fighters, a Foo
8: Fighters promotional thing. It's a little turn Throw
4: table. it out. Stop it. Foo Fight. What are you in the Foo Fighter? When you're in the Foo, and Foo Fighters, look at you'll the kiss.
2: That. He won't take the kiss down. No, I will.
4: I mean, again, take it out. A- Throw it out. Throw it away. <laughs> Throw it away. I can't take the clutter in this that's, guy's office.
8: That's painful to him. Yeah. It, Robert, if it was painful to me, I would already ate it he <laughs> yeah. thing's like five years old.
4: <laughs> I see a lot more potential things to be thrown out, but okay, you did a good job, Gary. Yeah, because you, you there?
2: can see the desk now.
4: See a little bit of desk. It's like there's a lot of t- What is that you're holding in your hand? What is that?
8: So it's a, a thing I use when I go to meetings for paperwork and stuff. I can.
4: Oh, I that's can where you out. pretend you're uh, taking notes? All right. That's a prop. <laughs> All right. Useful prop. <laughs> are we good thing i bring to me yeah you're good all right enough thank god robin didn't notice my secret peanut butter stash <laughs> well by the way
2: i think it is back
4: there uh, gary keeps saying the video team wants him to leave that shit there why would the video team have gary put things behind him that no one can see it's uh, it was a clutter a mass of garbage
8: it's ridiculous. You saw, you saw all of it. You saw the Jets. You saw all of the stuff. You saw the yeah, Baba yeah. sure show the Jets helmets. Cetera, and you want to know what's funny?
4: Now you can see the few things you have there and we can make out what they are. So it's much better from a visual standpoint for TV. You know what yeah. it
2: looked like before? Hold on. Now you can
8: see Howard's book. <laughs> yeah.
2: You know what that's it right. looked like before, Howard? It looked like a landfill.
8: Right. <laughs> a, a, a big pile. You know what it looked like with that
4: earthquake in the Turkey? I'm watching yeah, Turkey and Syria. It
2: looked like the building had fallen on Gary's right. desk.
4: <laughs> his whole work area looked like, 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 like there was an earthquake. You go, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. Your desk is covered in, in a mess. You know, I just, I'll tell you how crazy Gary's office is. Gary's already thrown out one desk nameplate that said Baba Bui and there's another and there's one in another front one. of the Trumpet case. There's yeah, like exactly. now another one. <laughs> yeah, look at, like, what does that one say?
8: What is that? Gary Delabate, executive Throw producer. Throw it out. You don't need I'm, it. You know your name. You, you gave you it to your me. Name? You yeah. literally gave it to me. Why did I said, give it to you?
4: It's an embarrassment why I had to give that to you. <laughs> you kept forgetting your name. I said, here. No, you know what I said? I said to Gary, I said to Gary, can you act like a professional? I even gave him a, one of those things you put on your desk. It says, Gary Delabate, producer. So he would act more professional. But now you know it. You can get rid of that. It's enough. I gave it to him. What is it, Jason?
8: Howard, I, I just, uh, I'm here representing some people on the uh, video team who feel they're being very unfairly blamed by Gary for the
6: stuff on his desk and that they did not direct him to put all of that stuff I, I never oh, said they did. I know, they know they that. Ooh, <laughs> I know I that. Yes, th- you oh, did. Five minutes ago, you said. I
8: it. didn't say they directed me. They said they like it back here. They rearranged it, but th- that's fine. If they if, Listen, no. if the TV wants to come in and redo the whole back, that's fine for them, too. Can I
4: tell you something, Gary? There's no way TV liked that clutter uh, on camera. They did not. They what they did is they took all your shit and they pushed it all, you know, into a pile that might look somewhat interesting, but it was a big
8: mess. But I just got a note that says the video team actually went in there to try to declutter his background, but then Gary came back to the office and bringing more stuff from home, and so then more stuff oh. ended up on
4: the desk. Uh, right, that's what happens. Wow, <laughs> I haven't
8: added, haven't added anything to this room in three years.
4: <laughs> i mean right over you right behind your head is a pile of books and things i don't know what that that's
8: is. not my um some of that is not my area
4: i see all right. all right now you're now you look a little more professional i fixed you up i'm proud of you gary uh, the, the, your pr- priority must be a neat and orderly mind and office yes sir i mean what i see when i see that old office is a cluttered human being who's confused <laughs> <laughs> I was busy thinking about concerts and flying to L.A. and has no Love time Fries for orderly. McGee. Umphrey's McGee. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was pop, listen. listening parties at Rachel Ray's house. That's I, what I see I, when I, I was see out Flutter there
8: working. Like I was there. Howard I was there I know, on Friday for the Moniskin.
4: See, I, I don't like show. I I Oh, Moniskin. I do. Did the bass player, the female bass player, go topless for the uh, no. show? Oh no, but I did. They are. They did.
8: They are fun as hell to watch, Howard. They were unbelievable. Wait till you see the videos. Just amazing. And Tom Morello showed up.
4: Well, yeah, I know. I would love to have been there, but uh, I was busy at home cleaning my desk. Um, Yes, Uh, Gary was at our uh, Howard 100 monoskin performance at the SXM Garage in L.A. Uh, Two days after the Bruce concert in Tampa. Gary is on tour, and uh, hopefully you'll run into him somewhere. (laughs) But you see, I do not like busting Gary's balls. I do not like it. I don't. That you, you will feel bad after no. today. Is that what you're saying? What well, you think I want to spend forty five minutes of my show cleaning <laughs> Gary's cleaning desk? desk? How can that be interesting to people? I I I I I I'm managing Gary on air. <laughs> I mean, I I got Bigfoot's book to to play for you. And people want to talk. Um Let's go to Amy. Amy, you're on the air.
1: Hey, now. Hey, now.
7: Cool. Uh, I'm cu- calling about Gary's disease. It's called Superman's contraction, or Viking's disease, or trigger finger. John Elway has the same thing. He has a commercial. Right. Gary needs to stop being a pussy. It's a snip, snip, snip um, procedure, or you can get a shot of cortisone. Um I've had it and my finger like this froze. <laughs> and after
4: right, one- I I can't take her. Every other word is cutting out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what she's saying. Did you guys know what she's saying? Yeah, she just yeah, repeated she everything you said.
2: Gary has and John Elway has it, yeah, and Gary's a being a pussy because it's not that bad. She he should just get it done.
4: Listen, don't call in saying the same thing I just said. <laughs> call in with something new. <laughs> I man people call in, I go, Gary has a procedure, blah, 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 I spell it all out, and then two seconds later, Howard, Gary has a procedure, I am like, what, <laughs> didn't I just say that?
8: She she said it's not painful, but the doctor flat out told me it's painful, and if the doctor tells you that,
4: that... Here's a guy, Rick, Rick had the procedure, is it painful or not?
3: Dude, let me tell you, it was the worst. They took wow. those needles in the, in the palm of your hand where the tendons are, that you know, the tendons that pull your fingers down. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what he's talking about. You go in the next day. This took about uh, five weeks. I went four different times and it hurts like hell. I mean, you know, here's the thing. If a doctor tells you, uh, you know, it's not too bad. Or if the doctor says it's uncomfortable, that means it's painful. And it was painful. I had it in two fingers. I get these you get these like lumps in your hand where the tendons start bunching up or whatever those oh my vines. god and uh it ain't it ain't fun it ain't fun at all gary but you know you if know, your fingers bent over then obviously you got to get it done
4: yeah poor poor gary you said his knees were play. you're having a hard time aren't you pal with <laughs> oh, getting older yes. i mean uh, no, i mean the, knees can't can't fingers, okay. the teeth <laughs> everything
8: the knees, you the what?
4: teeth. Well, He's been struggling with yeah. those teeth.
8: Whole Starting life. with the teeth. I like, I like your you teeth. Like the teeth are a disease. <laughs>
4: you know what it is? Scary. Honestly, it's a life of not eating yep. vegetables. My boy has a terrible diet. He eats yeah, chocolate. he does
2: Not eat anything green. like rock shrimp alco- and
4: chocolate. It's rock shrimp, chocolate, and alcohol and, and, and plantains. Sake. And we, you should hear him. Plantains. I see him. He's munching on those plantains. I mean, but they're they're, they're like potato chips. But uh, Gary,
3: I don't know. Gary. Gary's like an old used car. Everything's just starting to fall apart. You got you to gotta figure out which thing you got to get fixed first to keep it on the road.
4: Oh, and then he had horrible kidney stones. I mean, he's had a horrible life. Yeah. Well, his health is horrible. <laughs>
2: horrible life. Right. His whole life is these. <laughs> his whole, his whole life's been a
4: yeah. <laughs> If he was a horse, they would have put him down.
3: <laughs> he's, uh, Gary's got to be studied, that's for sure
4: absolutely all right rick all right rick says gary it's painful but uh, i know he's I'm right i'm sorry though. to hear that
8: he's right because if the doctor tells you it's painful that means it fucking hurts
4: he's right but why can't they give you a um a sedative and do a um what do you call it a uh like a morphine or something to to take away
8: the pain when they do this I mean, I, Robin would know better, but I guess it's overkill to put somebody out just to fuck with their finger, right?
2: <laughs> well, yeah, they don't like to put you to sleep unless they ac- absolutely have to. But, uh, you know, maybe some light sedation. I don't know.
4: <laughs> It'd be great if they just cut the finger off and put like an antenna for his iPhone on there. That's Or
2: all. like Make a little it. metal finger. <laughs> they,
8: say that, they say that they spray it with them or they give you, they do put something on it. Right, like, like
2: a
3: topical a, thing yeah know. but gary but
4: apparently it is, doesn't work gary in indiana go ahead
3: hey howard hey gary robin listen howard i would take away gary's desk five minutes ago he just said i'm not going to use this desk if i told it's my true. boss that he'd take it away
4: right you know what you're right i could give that desk to someone else uh, gary throw
8: out your whole someone desk who will Use it. <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can have my back desk it's all yours all right.
4: Thank you. There you go. I thank mean, uh, you're making a good point. Guy says, ne- don't throw out the tchotchkes. Throw out everything. Throw out his whole throw Gary. <laughs> throw Gary out the window. That's it. Well, um you know, one thing I love about Gary is he types with one finger. Sometimes I go by his yeah. office and see yeah. him type in one finger. Thank God, because his fingers are starting to curl up.
2: Yeah. If he had been using that finger, <laughs> it would be down useless to him.
4: By the way, Gary, I've never heard of this condition, but approximately, listen to this stat, approximately 7% of U.S. Wow. adults have the condition that you have with wow. this finger. I
8: had a feeling that it was more prevalent than I thought because, <laughs> uh, because uh, the, the doctor had a, a pamphlet for me. So if they put up pamphlets about it, it must be a thing.
4: 7% of the United States, you do the math, is what, 300 million people in the United States? 7% yeah. of that? I could tell you the number, but uh, I'd rather people do it for themselves. Go ahead, Robin. <laughs> what? <7%. laughs> you you heard? Never mind. Don't do it. We'll, we'll just look like idiots. Um uh, All right. Good. We cleaned up Gary's desk. That was the show this morning. Now, Gary has I, a front desk. This so
2: much better.
4: Yeah. I see he's if got it, a front we were desk. We
2: going for a look. Yeah.
4: Now it's I have a, a place to nap. Yeah, you could just lay down right on there. <laughs> Gary has a front desk, a side desk, and a back desk. And most of the staff has like six inches of space. So Gary must, re- you know, and then Gary takes all that space we give him loads it up with garbage. So I'm
6: glad.
2: Of all the things he moved, there was only one thing, uh, two things that had to do with any kind of work. The stapler. And that book he, he takes with him to meetings to pretend he's taking notes. Right. <laughs> That's yeah, right. I mean,
8: pretend i taking notes.
4: Go listen to that segment. Everything else was just like dad cups and pictures of his family and. 14 Baba Booey, you know, sounds signs. And and signs. Name, <laughs> plates. name plates. Name plates. And Wolfie right. got that for me. Oh, Wolfie got that for you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, then you better keep it. Whatever Wolfie puts on that desk, you better put on there. That's good. All right. Anyway, uh, Gary Delabate, thank you, Gar And uh, by the not way, I'll be in here.
9: Hollywood, Florida, at the Hard Rock Live in
4: the audience, watching Bruce from no, the third yeah, it, back, it, it.
9: No, And I then the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas, on the tenth, and right. the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Be there. Is you there think, some uh, goal
2: as to how many Springsteen concerts you want to achieve in this no. lifetime? No, no but he, I, I will he, tell
4: he, you. He, he, what he's doing is he thinks he works for Bruce Springsteen. He forgets he works for me. He doesn't follow me around like that. That's
8: it. <laughs> well, you, if you played somewhere, I'd go and see every night. <laughs> I, I, I do. I'll but, play um, do I guitar. play right here. And I'm here every day. There's, Robin, there's no goal. But I do have to say that I was cleaning up at home. I was decluttering at home. And I had a whole box of, like, all tickets for every concert I went to. So I was kind of going through them. I think I might be at close to, in my lifetime, I might be close to 100 Bruce shows. Wow. It surprised me. All
4: right. All right. Well, they, well listen, not too many guys uh, around uh, that are better than Bruce. So nope. at least you've seen something good. All right. Thank you, Gary. And uh, Gary Puppet, thank you. By the way, okay. did you know that Springsteen is a Dutch word that means jumping stone, and Delabate means teeth like tombstones? Wow! <laughs> all right, interesting fact. Bend your finger. Uh, all right, I said to you about Bigfoot's uh, book. Let me, let me, yes. let me do that. Yeah. I was telling you. Oh, you know what? Maybe a, a little break and then Bigfoot's book. Hey, Gonzo, Gonzo in California. What can I do for you?
6: Hey, what's up, Powers? Um, hey, now. I just wanted to see if uh, if you'd be willing to play hey now. chess sometime. I've been I've been big, getting big into chess. I'm actually playing right now.
4: What did Gonzo say?
2: He wants to know if you want to play chess with him.
4: What's with wrong? Gonzo?
2: I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Fred's playing hey now. It's black. I couldn't hear
4: anything. I mean, he's like, hey, now. It's like Fred just hits hey now randomly and blocks out whatever the caller's saying. <laughs> It's like, it's a, uh, from what I, what it sounds, our show sounds like this to me. It's like, like everybody has free access. So it goes like, hey, Howard, I want to, hey
0: now. <laughs>
4: and, <I said> <laughs> and then you're like, what? I don't know what he just said. I got obstacles. Either people have a bad phone line or Fritz starts playing sound effects or Baba <laughs> starts talking. John Heinra interrupts. I don't know. I don't know what anybody's saying. You want to play chess with me? First of all, no.
6: It'd be easy. How would you just play on the uh, online? I, I can give you uh, my username. You could use like a you know like a fake username turn not to be like. Do you play?
4: Do account. you play on the Internet Chess Club? I uh, play on chess. dot com. No, I don't play on there. I play Internet Chess Club ICC, but I don't play a lot anymore. I'm not. Um, I go and on once be, in a while, and it me, fr- no, it frustrates the fuck out of me because. I go on once in a while. I play these guys. Some of them are assholes. I don't know what their story is. I played a guy. I did play over the weekend. I played one guy, and I'm winning. And you know what he does? This fucker. He, you know, he's playing in a rush. Blah 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 blah. And then I take a piece from him. I'm clearly winning. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna win. And I'm like, oh good, my rating will go up. The fucking guy goes, uh, can I have a uh, adjournment? There's a way to do that on the computer. And in other words, he wants to adjourn the game, which means, hey, you'll forget about the game, and uh, I won't lose rating points. So I go, you fucking dweeb. You are a <laughs> douchebag. I just beat you. Be a gentleman. Resign. Or play out the game. Do what you want to do. I don't know. An adjournment.
2: That means this little, the game doesn't count.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, like everyone, when am I going to come back and play this guy again? When am I going to set up a date with him? I mean, of okay. course. So, so it's like, it's like, what the fuck? It's like. No,
2: uh, well, people he, are not playing the game. They're playing the ratings. You know, what they're for, looking about his. He's worried about his ranking.
4: Robert, this is a guy living in his mom's basement. You think anybody cares what his rating that. is?
2: That's all he has. He, he has that rank and he's not letting it go.
6: Yeah, well, uh, when you, I hate when you take their queen and they just immediately just sign off or like you know resign. Yeah, so.
4: they, yeah they 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 I resign. I, do. I don't mind. They sign off, so you can't play them. Yeah. Uh, well, that, they they are they, not sore losers. So I, that drives me crazy. It drives me crazy when I lose because I feel stupid. That's me. I,
6: I, I doubt you'll be me hard.
4: What is your rating?
6: uh it's like 500 i i don't know if that's even 500 what rap are
4: you are, are you a slow adult 500 <laughs>
6: <laughs> <laughs> i just started playing it'll be fun no i play I'll uh, play uh, if you're minutes.
4: 500 i'll feel very smart i'll play you anytime pal but you know <laughs> you know people now cheat to chess which is another thing i don't understand all right i understand if you're a professional and you're going to make your living all right maybe you got some motivation but people playing for fun they're that's cheating. What
2: I'm saying they don't they they somehow decide that that number on you know in their rating or whatever it is oh my it's more important than actually learning the game and achieving yeah. some you know some uh expertise
4: yeah well yeah, what's, it's what's it's rating? crazy
6: what is my rating
4: yeah you're really a fi- are you really a 500?
6: Well, I just played the the, the ten minute speed games. Uh, I thought that was good. I don't that care was,
4: like, what you play. play. I mean, I was, uh, like, I you I know, play. you know that Beetlejuice is a six hundred player.
6: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will play Beetlejuice too. No, I be, I win like um like seventy percent of the time. Well, so then think. you're not. But then I'm, you. Yeah, yeah, playing then
4: playing. you're better than five hundred. You mean next play underneath like your company, name but... it says Gonzo five hundred is your rating?
6: Well, right now it's says forty one because uh, this guy just beat me uh, twice in a row. So now it's down to forty-one. Four-eighty-one. Four, four, oh, <laughs> it, it was almost. I
4: say, if, if he's forty-one, there's, so, <laughs> yeah, there's something seriously wrong with him.
6: No, no, no. Oh, no, now you yeah,
4: now you have four-eighty-one. That's your rating.
6: It was almost, yeah, almost six hundred. Not too long ago. Uh, yeah, but then, but, I, but I, I fucked up a lot when I first started playing because I didn't know how to play. So I was just, you know, I was losing all the time. But now I'm like getting into it. I'm, uh, you know, I'm looking up YouTube videos and kind of watching. Yeah,
4: you need you, know, you need some help, dude. I mean four eighty one uh, is almost like 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 I would say like Wendy category.
2: Yeah, you get no. that for setting up the board. <laughs> yeah, I mean I could, by I could,
4: accident could. you could win a few games. <laughs> four eighty one.
6: No, there's this like uh, smart kid I've been playing uh from Germany and I've been I've been kicking his ass and he's like uh he's like seven hundred. So <laughs> <laughs> I think <I'm>, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
4: Listen, you gotta learn I mean, to you, uh, break a thousand at least before you well, start well, play playing. You Howard
6: play it. I'll, I'll First of you all, know you know why
4: I wouldn't play you, Gonzo? Because I, you're a tricky guy. I'm sure you'd be, uh, you, you, you would be th- having cheating or something. Something. No, with I wouldn't. I no, don't I trust would, you. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not like that. I wouldn't do that. You can trust. hundred the guy's rating is 481. Do you wear a uh, a hard helmet when you
6: play? To <laughs> keep yourself <laughs> from hitting a wall. I mean, what the <laughs> fuck? 481. I'm sure. Maybe this rating system is just not not. Uh, you know, it, uh, you
4: know how the pieces move, right? They go, you know.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, on the on the app, it shows you, so, you, so you, it'll tell you how they move. But no, I I used to play when I was a kid with my grandma all the time, and now I'm getting back into it since uh, COVID and stuff. And,
4: okay, yeah. Well, yeah, COVID might have taken your rating down, but uh, I don't know. I, I don't I really want to play, Gonzo. I, I, you know, God bless you. My, no, my we'll rating you, at are are one you, point, I was in. Uh, one, one point. One uh, point. I was. Uh, I don't know. Eighteen hundred, something like that.
1: Oh, well,
4: at one have, point,
6: you play every day,
4: though. Like, you know, y'all. No, back like, in the industry? day, I used to play. Now I'm probably fourteen, thirteen hundred, maybe at the most. Do you take? i do, do.
6: You take lessons and stuff on uh, online. Or? I
4: did. I did, but not anymore. I told you, I stopped playing. I didn't enjoy it.
6: My my ranking is about to go up right now because this guy is about to resign. So I'm going to go up to like 491.
4: <laughs> hey, what's going? On? I, I haven't spoken to you in a while. <laughs> you still dating a uh, transsexual uh, woman?
6: Uh, no, not right now. No, it's uh,
4: what I'm went wrong? He was dat- uh, Remember, uh, he was dating um, oh, yeah. someone who was transsexual. I was fascinated by that.
6: Yeah, I guess I'm not really into that uh, after all, as much as I thought. And it just wasn't really, uh, you know, our personalities didn't really align very well so
4: uh, was it hard for but, you were, were you thinking the whole time oh this person used to be a dude or did you know or, or like did she have a penis did you blow her what was going on <laughs>
6: yeah we kind of talked about it before uh yeah she just uh i guess i just wasn't into the, the penis thing and I, I wasn't able to uh suspend disbelief or you know as much Fine. as i thought so it was, it was a little harder uh and then also i think she didn't really like uh you know being a. Uh, was she really hot? Like,
2: wait a minute. She yeah, like
6: yeah. what? Well, just being like, uh like uh, I don't know. I think she wanted like, like something really serious, and she thought I was making a, a joke—not a joke of it, but you know, she wanted like a real.
4: See, that's why I won't play him in chess. I know what this trans woman was feeling like. Gonzo's like, oh, he's doing this like a goof. I know he's up to something. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like a trans woman. I don't trust Gonzo.
6: No, I just want to know, like, what your opening move would be, like, how you would start off, like, which, how you would play me if I uh, did some, you know, a uh, couple moves that I, that I started doing against people.
4: That's why I, I would I was, uh, if I played sorry. you, I would play the English. The English. That's if, uh, I, was, if I was white. The, okay, so does that you help that's, you? That's,
6: you can go prepare for e, that. E4.
4: No. Uh, C3. Uh, C4.
6: C 4 Okay, C4, and then I would play.
4: This is the brain of a 481.
6: You know Bobby Uh, Fischer, I'll tell you that. I promise I I wouldn't.
4: Magnus Carlsen's shaking in his pants (laughs) from (laughs) you. He's calling. He wants to play you. Yeah. Why don't you play Magnus Carlsen? I would play him. What would your friends. opening oh, move? My, my opening move, oh, any move I made would be better than yours. I'll tell you that at four eighty one, I, I, I just really dropped him. I think you're three hundred. I think my opening me- move would be I'd smack you with your girlfriend's dick <laughs> right in the face. <laughs>
6: what do you think of that? She's not hearing. She's not here you. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> was she hot? You got to uh, send me some pictures of her. I want to see what.
6: Yeah, I thought I, I thought I sent them already, but um, no, yeah, I couldn't. I don't. I don't know if she. Well, I don't even know if I'm. If I'm allowed to do that anymore. I should. All right. Don't send me any. Yeah, even, I don't want. I don't together, want to be involved. Don't
2: be. Yeah, sh- yeah. Putting, uh, passing around um, her picture. Yeah. I would just. Yeah, curious. We
6: should. We should really play chess. I, I really do think you'll be surprised how good I. Am. And I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to do any shenanigans. Well, listen. I, I can give um, Gary or whoever my uh, my chess name, and we could schedule a time. I told you I'm, I'm, I'm
4: not on that time. website. I'm I'm on. Listen to me, Gonzo. I'm on the ICC. I'm not on Chess. dot com.
6: I'll sign up for ICC. I'm getting very serious. I, I joined. A, I joined the uh, local uh, chess club out here too.
2: Oh yeah, you okay. go and play in person.
6: Yeah, there's a there's a bookstore every uh, Tuesday. They meet up, so I'm going to go there on a Tuesday and try out my my skills. My opening
4: move would be c five, I think. Yeah, and I'm thinking I'm I'm not good with that. Uh, what do you call
6: it, you know? C5, that's
4: not even enough. No, C4. No, let me think. C, yeah, C4. Yeah, C4. Somebody just wrote me C5. Oh, the car You guys, why are you, I'm the chess expert. What are you writing (laughs) me, C5? What is C5? Someone's saying, Howard, you're wrong. It's C5. I go, I've been playing that for years. It's C4. Hey, Gonzo, I got to get out of this. I want to talk about, um... But Bigfoot, Bigfoot wrote uh, a book. All right. Unless you want to oh, tell me what it was like, what you were doing with that chicken bed, I want to know.
6: Oh, um, I already told you. I mean, I uh, blew her, uh, I fucked her, and I you know, she was. I mean, to me, she was a woman. You know, she she didn't, she wasn't masculine at all. She was very feminine. You and, fucked her in the ass. Uh, yeah. But I mean like I said I don't What well, really
2: he couldn't make another it. hole Howard.
6: <laughs> yeah, I don't
4: And really you blew her? That. I'm I'm surprised you blew her though because um I would think she wouldn't want to be blown.
6: No, you she, know? she liked it. She liked it. She was um but um, but like I said I didn't really consider it like her like sucking a cock. It was like, you know, going down on her like, you know. Mm. Um, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, that's what we I didn't you know, I don't I don't I don't consider it a uh, Okay, you gay or anything. Yeah. That's a, that's
2: but in it. the but end, you weren't that into it.
6: Right. It's not going to cock isn't gay, Robin. You're uptight. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, we do it with the out of balls.
4: Yeah. I, I, uh, when you lick her balls, you just pretend they're labia.
2: Yeah, I'm just going um, down on those balls. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, no, I just, I really just kind of. Just That's a lot of suspension of disbelief, I'll tell you. that. You
2: got to do well, a lot of thinking.
6: Well, she's a, she's a she was a woman, you know, so I didn't really yeah, absolutely. Or, did she, I didn't think. Did
4: she ever shoot a load right. on your
1: face?
6: Uh, <laughs> no, she never really. Uh, she never really came because she was on a bunch of hormones and stuff. Uh-huh. Right. Um. But, well, good but for no, you, was, man. Uh, I support that. Was,
4: I Listen, man, I tell you, I'm
6: not upset. Everybody
2: I, needs love. That's right. Everybody needs love.
6: If you support if you support trans rights, you should play Play me in chess. Sir. All right.
4: Maybe what? we'll play. If I support <laughs> trans rights, I'll play him in chess. I don't know All how right. they're connected.
6: Okay. He's yes. way into I really do think I could beat you, Howard, or at least uh, surprise I think If I you that,
4: beat I'm, me, not. it's by accident. Because if you were ranked 471, there's no way you could beat me. Unless I'm blindfolded.
2: He's got some a, anal beads stuck up his
4: butt. Yeah, when I was a, he's when getting I was on messages, vacation. right? <laughs> unless you get, that, <laughs> unless you have anal beads, Robin's right. You ain't beating me. <laughs> if you cheat, I was you'll beat me.
6: In Hawaii, when I was on vacation in Hawaii, I was like almost up to uh, eight hundred. I was like kicking ass. So
4: that's uh, even that stupid eight hundred. That's me. A horrible draw. player. I
6: guarantee you, I was higher than you were when when you started. When you first, uh,
4: well, maybe you were. But all I'm telling you is. Uh, I should be able to beat you every game. Well, unless I, unless I, unless my like my wife comes in naked into the room and starts having sex with me, no <laughs> way you would beat me. You're know. practically you're playing at an idiot level. <laughs> That's all I'm telling you,
6: <laughs> he is. It's like he's a moron. Like he's four. His ranking
4: good. is four seventy-one. He's <laughs> got to be an imbecile.
6: No, but Howard, after every time I play, I do the little thing where it's like uh, they uh, they give you analysis, and it's always yeah. like, "Oh, you did really, you did really good. This was the best move. There was only one move to make, and you chose the right move."
4: Yeah, you it's remind me of these parents good. who who tell their idiot kids that they're going to be, a, you know, a doctor or a scientist.
6: Yeah, my mom's really proud of my chess playing. By the way, she's encouraging it. So,
4: dude, if I was up. you, I would go to checkers. You got a better shot at that.
2: <laughs> what does no, Gonzo like do? He's playing chess all day now.
6: He's How does retired he
2: uh, live?
6: Uh, I were uh, <laughs> I have a I'd rather not. Uh, I have a like a normal uh,
4: setup, but um, I, I, I have, well, you you must have the
6: Ralph Sorella setup.
1: <laughs>
4: stay
6: home yeah, all day. I kinda, yeah, I kind of do have the Ralph the rough setup,
4: but well, um, the four eighty one, four seventy one. And he's telling me the chess engine right, saying he if, made all What
6: off- if I get up what if I get back up to 700 Will you play me then?
4: Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, if I could see that you weren't cheating, I would play you.
6: I'll share my screen, I promise. So, or you can put a you can put a camera mm-hmm.
4: on me. I, I mean, I'm no, not looking production. for I mean, what, what, yeah, I what, mean, what I mean, <laughs> I mean, am I going to do that? What am I going to get cameras on? you? I mean, what are you talking about? It, <laughs>
6: get cameras. It would be fun. Actually, it'd be fun to play just, to, I think the audience would like to know if I could beat you too. I think they'd be interested.
4: I think really? the audience uh, doesn't care uh, about the audience any of this. I think is
2: asleep right now from this
4: conversation. <laughs> yeah, this conversation should have ended 10 minutes ago with this guy. I know. I'm just telling though. you, Gonzo, if you're playing at 471 level, it's it's almost like I once met a bowl of oatmeal that played at 600.
6: <laughs> well, it's probably a really smart bowl of
4: uh, damn right. Uh, what do you okay, want, Ralph? Uh, I got to move on. I want to get to Bigfoot because then I got uh, uh, Brendan Fraser
6: coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The
3: audience doesn't care. But what they do care about, did Gonzo just say he blew a dude and it wasn't gay? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, no, because it was that? a woman. It was a woman. It was okay, a woman okay, uh, that he was with, not a, not a trans woman. You, okay. you know what? You're
3: not. But you got to be a little a, more right, tolerant. She had a cock and you sucked it. That's a gay
6: act. Come yeah. on.
4: No, not no, and and he 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 uh, licked the balls, and uh,
6: the, the... it's not gay at all. It's not gay. You, do you want to play chess, bro?
4: Well, Ralph, this is a guy who's playing chess at four eighty-one level. He, he doesn't know sucking cock from from a vagina. He doesn't know
3: the difference. Uh... I love when he goes. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's going to be fun for you, Gonzo. Howard's going to set up fucking cameras and all the other bullshit. <laughs> what do you think I'm up? I'm,
6: I'm not. I promise. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. That's great. All right, Ralph.
4: Thank you. All right, Gonzo. Listen, I love you. I'm yeah. uh, happy for you. You got your new thing, chess, and uh, uh-huh. you sound like you're uh, lighting the world on fire. Okay, good for you, Gonzo. All right, thank you. Hon. Stick with it, pal. All right, good, All good to right, talk to you. you. All right, good I to you like place. Gonzo. Always like Gonzo. Yeah, Shit, I haven't
2: God. heard from him in a long time.
4: Right. Um, I did want to. You know, I've, I've been teasing this for so long. I, I want know I was intrigued that Bigfoot called. Um, fuck did he call was a wolfie maybe
2: anyway uh you know is Whack this Packer. a fiction book or an autobiography uh, what are we talking here i don't know if you're
4: in a rush but i'll explain the whole thing to you <laughs> Whackpacker bigfoot has led a fascinating life robin you know that yes um he's had so many experiences from uh having sex with with the mailman he dated a trans woman He's been arrested multiple times, and uh, we've always said his stories would make a fascinating book. I even said to you at one point I might start a publishing company just to release uh, Bigfoot's book because he's such a fascinating. Well, we character. know
2: he had like you know like a weird childhood, and and that sometimes leads to something. So,
4: well, you know, listen, Bigfoot ain't so quick. So finally, he got around to writing his book. <laughs> He told Wolfie that he had a big announcement, and uh, here is the announcement. This is Wolfie uh, getting the exclusive once again. Oh, fucking hell. oh, that's the wrong one. That's J.D. Moaning. Here we go. Here is Bigfoot. <laughs> I get them confused, J.D. and Bigfoot. Here is book Bigfoot.
10: i like to announce this. when I was in the treatment center in jail, and when I was in uh, the hospital, or the mentally ill, I wrote a book.
9: What is the name of your book?
10: Um, Bigfoot. Bigfoot's book.
9: It says on the cover, the name of your book is The Legends of Bigfoot.
10: Yeah, The Legends of Bigfoot, yes.
9: And Bigfoot, I know that you can't read or write. How were you able to write this book?
10: I wrote it through a computer where I talked to the computer and it wrote down the words I was talking about.
4: Now, I have a couple of uh, facts to fill you in on. Okay. Um... First of all, uh, uh, Wolfie did ask Bigfoot how many times he's been arrested. And he said too many times to count. But he estimates around 50 times. Wow. Uh, Bigfoot says he's been arrested for breaking and entering 26 times. So, you know, he's not real good at it. He gets caught a lot.
2: (laughs) Every time.
4: He's like 900 (laughs) feet tall and slow. (laughs) Um, But uh, he's been arrested a lot of times. Um, Also, Robin, one of your questions... When he was at the mental institution, he wrote this book, and a nurse at the mental institution edited the book for Bigfoot. Seriously.
9: Oh, wow. Right.
4: Yeah. And the book is a quick read because it's only 15 pages. Wolfie, do I have that right?
9: Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's more of a pamphlet than an actual book. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah that, just I just don't think just printed on, you could on call a photocopy. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Uh, it's printed on photocopy paper, you say? Yes, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, we asked Bigfoot to share some of the stories in his book, and uh, he told us about the time an ex-girlfriend cheated on him.
10: The whole story, my girlfriend was cheating on me with some other guy is and I decided to grab her door handle and then got dragged down the road 60p on my back with a leather jacket on and almost got ran over by the back tire. And then I pulled the guy out of the car and then pulled the coil wire out of her engine. I couldn't run around anymore that night. I ripped him out of the passenger seat while the car was moving. I turned around and gave him a few punches. He went running down the road, scared shitless. I told the girl, you're not going to cheat on me. I'm your boyfriend, not him. I mean,
4: that story alone is 15 pages. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said to Wolfie, it sounds more like a written confession than a book. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, oh, Bigfoot wrote a chapter about going lobster fishing with his father. This is a whole chapter.
2: Well, how a chapter if the book is only 15 pages. Yeah, Wolfie, how long
4: is this? With a like <laughs> couple of sentences? Alright, here's yeah. the chapter on lobster
10: fishing with his dad. One about the time, I was out on the ocean and we couldn't catch no fish and we decided we'd better put, pull put, put up some lobster traps and catch some lobster. We kept the rope, we turned around, and put the lobster traps back down in the ocean with no rope hooked to them. And turned around and stole some lobster for dinner. They married this legal to steal lobsters. The lobsters are worth thirteen dollars a pound. Yeah, we probably went in a lot of trouble. We took the chance and, and stole them. And if he found less, he probably wanted to shot lots Wow, what a!
2: It's book. all <laughs> confessions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here's the time we stole lobster. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh
4: hi
0: bigfoot how you doing It more of that story in one mountain time i broke in san diego zoo i, I stole an octopus and i ate it I <laughs> shit out an eight-foot tentacle i did it pissing ink for a week i was and it's very <laughs> dislegal they could have <laughs> shotless They could have shot us and killed us. It was very dislegal what I did. I,
4: I'm I so excited.
0: Squid. I'm so fucking excited about your book, Bigfoot. I, I can't wait to read it. That's chapter four. And then the other one with the cheating girlfriend. I said, I'm your boyfriend. And I grabbed her. <laughs> And I climbed the Empire State Building and then planes and the plane shot me off the roof. And then I fought Godzilla. He came from Japan. He's very dislegal.
4: <laughs> Here, Bigfoot, uh you know, Bigfoot famously claimed he once had sex with his mailman. Right. He says in the book, the mailman also had sex with his former fiance, Melody. Uh oh. Bigfoot writes in his book that he filmed. These sexual encounters. Here he is.
10: Back in the day, I used to record X-rated movies. I used to film my mailman and my my woman on an X-rated film. He knocked on the door and says, "I'm your mailman." And then he started having a conversation with me, saying he was queer and stuff like that. As is and going on what some of the things do you like? And then he started to get sexual with me. He bobbed on my knob. And then he decided to have sex with a woman of mine. It is, and that way they had sex on my bed. Oh, it was great, and I was having a good time with the man. And Melanie even got a real hard on for him. For him, that day it is, they were having a good time. Wow,
4: what a what a mind blowing book. <laughs> the, the, the book says a VHS tape of the sex exists somewhere, but somewhere. we've been unable. Somewhere,
0: we're not sure. Bigfoot, this is, it sounds more like...
4: It sounds more like a horror
0: movie than a porno, though. Sometimes I put on a hockey mask and I terrorize summer camps, I do, on Friday, 13. <laughs> oh, that must be unbelievable, Bigfoot. I got buried in a pet cemetery and I came back from the dead. <laughs> I've been dead 20 years. Wow. Uh, Wolfie says uh, in his exclusive
4: interview with uh, Bigfoot... um. Oh, so we never knew what happened to Bigfoot's mailman. Bigfoot's book finally tells us the story and sets the story straight. Here is what happened. Yes, finally the book, because we never heard about this mailman
10: again. I turned around and called the post office where he worked. I told him he was having sex with my girlfriend, turned around, flashing his ass towards me, giving me a knob job and stuff like that. And I didn't think it would appropriate him doing that. I turned him in for buying weed off of me and everything else. He lost his job after I turned him in at the post office. Wow,
4: Bigfoot. Uh. Ratted on the mailman. What a terrible Bigfoot says to the guy, yeah. fuck my girlfriend. And then uh he he turned him in and got him and then the guy lost his
9: job. I feel terrible What happened? About that. Did he
2: get angry after he had sex with Melanie
9: he or Melody, me, whatever her name was? He explained to me that Melody had so much fun during uh. the sex that he got very jealous so that he he turned the mailman in because of that.
0: I was very jealous of it because the mailman used to slob on my (laughs) 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 knob. And I meant that. You you used to play with my balls.
4: (laughs) (laughs) But you, you, Bigfoot, you don't do that. You don't tell a guy to fuck your girlfriend and then turn him in
0: so he loses his job. I thought he was queer, but then he was fucking my girlfriend. I didn't know what to do. I missed when he would stick his
3: tongue up my ass. <laughs> Big, Big,
9: Bigfoot <laughs> a jealous, has, a, has a jealous streak. Another chapter right. of this book, a guy on the street looked at one of his girlfriends, so Bigfoot got so mad, he went around his entire town and destroyed every parking meter. Every parking meter of the entire town, he just ripped it out of the ground. <laughs> out, oh of, out of a jealous rage. And you're saying,
4: Wolfie, this is all in the book. This is all all in the book. It's all in the book. I have one more clip here. Is anybody
2: fighting over the rights? Uh,
4: (laughs) I am. I want to make this into a a film.
0: We're in negotiations. In negotiations right now.
4: (laughs) I'm going to pitch this to Hallmark. It would be a great holiday movie. (laughs) I'm I'm in the middle of Love You, We still have hope. Christmas, yes uh finally in this clip we still have hope that somehow we'll be able to find bigfoot's mailman and reconcile their relationship i'm leonard nimoy and this is in search Your oh this is some kind of bit oh i thought it was a clip fuck that man
9: <laughs> well we're trying to find them we're trying to find the mailman for bigfoot he's, he's yeah looking I hear to, you. to reconnect well
2: right, we you don't. know this guy might be a little upset bigfoot got him fired <laughs>
4: I got to tell you, the book sounds great. I mean, it really does. I mean, how many people have experiences like this? So, His plan for go.
9: distributing the book is me making additional photocopies and sending it out to people. That, <laughs> that's, that's the plan. <laughs>
0: In the meantime, Time. I'm fucking the computer I wrote the book on. Anyway, uh, uh,
4: this is an unbelievably mind-blowing... Excuse me for one minute. Oh, look who it is. It's Bigfoot's woman. Hi. Oh.
7: Yeah, hi, it's Melody. He used to tape me. It is. Now I want reparations because I didn't give him permission. It's this legal. It is. I know Shut my up, rights. you
0: bitch. You don't know <laughs> no, shit. you're, you're a bitch. cheating bitch on me. Oh, you were going running around with the goddamn mailman. That I was a queer, you know, but really, kind of didn't this to asshole you. you this asshole filled my me knob. bobbing
7: on the mailman's knob without permission. It is. And I want money. It is for the sex tape. It is.
0: <laughs> I was cheating, cheating bitch. You just took me every fucking line I had every fucking dollar in my fucking pants his knob is
7: tripping gross disgusting shit and he put my big dumb pussy on VHS it is and I want my money it
0: is dumb pussy on VHS I wouldn't piss on you if you were on fire and drop your head off throw it in the fuck
7: creek you, you, you It crazy, is. Bitch.
0: give fuck me you. my money fuck you you fucking bitch it is
7: I want a celebrity tape get it to me now or I'm your, gonna tell your everybody
0: Gina, your vagina, smell like old fish and shit it is
7: oh. You stole my Newports. You took all the things that I want from my life. Now I want money. You it gave is. me
0: scaby, You gave me. You gave me fucking Kirby. You gave me goddamn fucking Clutch. You, cl- gave, cl- me control, you, you gave me Connor Rizzo. You gave me
7: Connor Rizzo. Is I know you what gave, the next pick,
4: I know what the next Oprah's book club pick is gonna be. It's gonna be <laughs> the Bigfoot Bug. I know it.
0: Wow. Well, you two—a mailman has her. a
7: better cock than you is. I I'm like gonna, bobbing up and down on it. I'm
0: gonna pack your vagina with dynamite and blow it up. Ooh. It is.
7: I'll shit in your shoes, you fucking fucking. Dingleberries
0: in your pussy ears, you bitch.
7: Give me my pussy back. I want all the money from my pussy on tape. It is.
0: I still uh, taste the mailman's cock and you're It's just It's You're dead. making you're money. You're <laughs> very, once about in time, you're a bitch.
7: I'm going to tell it's... Steve state Vermont is what you did to me and my pussy, my You know reputation.
0: what the lesson
4: is? You know what the lesson is, you two? Uh, seriously. When a guy says, okay, fuck my girlfriend, it's going to lead to trouble. There is always jealousy, it is
7: yeah he's bullshit. super jealous it is but he's the one that put me on the mailman's cock it you're is you're bullshit because the mailman
0: tape. used to slap my knob you got all jealous <laughs> and now you walk around and you have pussy it's and i wouldn't fuck you with the fucking spiders in my towel you bitch your knob wow. is
7: covered in bugs like a popsicle dropped on the ground it is where you think <laughs> i got
0: them bugs from your pussy it is bitch
9: all right you too all right thank you
0: thank
7: I you i guess i
2: <laughs> they haven't mended the fences either.
9: I just can't. Right. This VHS tape is somewhere in Vermont of the sex with the mailman. I'm dying to see this tape. If anyone finds it, please send it our way.
4: I got to admit, I I do want to see that tape.
9: Oh my, it God. Must where be is something.
2: Bigfoot now? Is he still in the hospital or the
9: step yeah, down he, home or what? Where is he? He's in a group home. He's working. He's 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 actually doing really well. I'm I'm happy. Wow. For him. That's wonderful. That's wonderful.
4: Hey, by the way, Wolfie, I know you guys put together a bit with, uh, Bigfoot, which is, uh, which I stopped. (laughs) But, um, so what's the idea here that, um, Leonard Nimoy is in search of Bigfoot's mailman? Correct. Yep. Yep. Try to find him. Yeah. That's stretching it, huh? <laughs> Leonard, Ni- Leonard Nimoy is Le- dead. He's, He's trying dead. To-
1: <laughs> Anybody
4: want, Robin, you want to hear this? I mean, uh, <laughs> well,
1: I've, I'd be, I've heard
4: now. it already. I heard it, and, and that's why I put a stop it's to it. It's a
1: disaster? It. <laughs> <laughs> it's not
4: great. <laughs> it, a, it was a nice idea that didn't work. It was, uh, to- all right. Let
3: me hear this. All
4: right, here it is. No, I don't take any responsibility for this one. Here is Leonard Nimoy searching for
3: Bigfoot's mailman.
4: I'm Leonard Nimoy,
3: and this is in search of Bigfoot's mailman. Ever since learning of his existence, the world has been fascinated with this mountain man's postal paramour. For a while, you were making some money through your mailman.
4: You claim. Yeah. You, he How would does pay, that work? He would pay you to finger his asshole. Yeah.
3: no Yeah. Now tell yeah, me about and this. And he just. was a mailman. Bigfoot's mailman disappeared soon after, never to be heard from again. But now, Bigfoot wants to reunite,
10: and he needs your help. He didn't look that gorgeous. He's fat and chubby, and he was kind of bald, and kind of really didn't have much hair. And he was about five, six, maybe. I'd say he weighs at least 300 pounds. And He thought his ass was a pussy.
9: If you know a
3: fat, short, bald, former mailman who has lived in Vermont with an ass he thinks is a pussy, please contact this station.
10: Where are you, mailman? We had some good times together. When you gave me a knob job, I miss them. As Charles
3: Dickens put it, "The pain of parting is nothing to the joy of meeting again." For a knob job, for in search of, I'm Leonard Anyway. There
4: There's the bit. Wow. I know the guys would be upset if you didn't hear that stuff.
9: So. <laughs> I stand by it. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, there you go. I so love that's how the he update. He always
2: has the whisper knob job. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, where is that clip? <laughs> Let me see if I
4: can find it. Damn it, job. that clip four or five, guys? I don't want to play the wrong one. Anybody know? Hmm. Nobody knows. Nobody around here knows anything. Okay, I give up. Hey, anyway, uh, when I come back, uh, I'll be talking to Brendan Fraser. Man, he is the man of the hour. This dude. He, uh, Just an incredible
2: in a, performance, I yeah. I have to say. Surprising, the whale. amazing, the whale. so full of uh, feeling, you know, like he brings you right into his world.
4: Yeah, the movie's called The Whale. Yes, and uh, he's up for a big Academy Award. He's against that kid who played Elvis, but Brendan will beat him because the kid who plays Elvis is a little wacky.
2: You think that he's turned people off with the Elvis accent?
4: Well, he's gone full George Santos on us. He's now claiming, <laughs> he's claiming that he can't get rid of his Elvis accent.
2: That Elvis that is the, still with him, yeah. And
4: that singing like Elvis has made him lose his voice. I mean, what the fuck is he talking about? Uh, he, I mean, Daniel Day Lewis you know plays Lincoln and he he stays in character but when he's done he's he done. stops, yeah, you know, although I heard he freed some slaves the other day, Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't understand that, that he wasn't Lincoln, but yeah, the kid who uh, austin Butler's his name he he that's Brendan's main competition for the oscar, and this kid's um this kid's wacky. He got up at some awards show and he's like, hey, how you doing, everybody? This here is Austin Butler. I just want to say how you do. And people are like, what the fuck is he doing? Is he still Elvis? That's right, ladies and gentlemen.
2: Yeah, Elvis uh, was finished shooting a long time ago.
4: Uh, 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 still Elvis. <laughs> and my mama's name was Atman. And she had a lump of flesh on the back of her head. Well, and we Brendan's- called it...
2: Still his character? Yeah, Brendan's still maybe the whale. He, he, maybe he needs to keep going, too.
4: Yeah. He's so in character, he's jerking off to gay porn right now, Brendan. <laughs> he, he refuses to give up his character. Uh, yeah, Brendan's here, and uh, happy for him. It's a beautiful job of acting. Hey, anyway, uh, we'll be back right after I... Oh, right after I say this... <laughs> Uh, Brendan Fraser is an actor. We know him for uh, so many great movies. His his movies have grossed over 75 gazillion dollars in the history of movies. I mean, Gazillions. what are you going to say? Gazillions <laughs> of dollars. Uh, Brendan's in a wonderful new movie called The Whale, which is yes. in theaters now, which is, uh, hey, Brendan, good to have you on. How are you, Brendan Fraser?
5: Hi, Howard. I'm really happy to meet you.
4: Very happy to meet you, too. What a beautiful performance. You gave in the well. Stunning. Thank you. I,
2: Stunning. Um, Thank you. Stunning. Yeah.
4: Hi, Robin. When Hi you there. see the when you see these, um, w- when you went and they finally show the movie, and I think it was the first time you were seeing the movie when you went to one of these screenings, and then they give you that six-minute ovation. <laughs> I saw it. I was like, that's cr- It's almost embarrassing. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, a six-minute ovation. Is that when you first realized the power of this new movie and that perhaps you could
5: win an Oscar for it? I wasn't really thinking about prizes, to tell you the truth, or trophies. I was just trying to get out of the theater. Um, But Darren had me turn around and he said, take a bow, and he's the boss. So there were 1,200 people or so who were uh, quite impressed with the piece. I think it was moving for everyone in a way they weren't expecting
4: what do you do for six minutes while people are applauding you? Uh, the most <laughs> minutes of applause I've ever gotten were three seconds, so I uh, I
5: didn't even make it a full minute. I think minute. it depends on who's holding the stopwatch to tell you the truth. Because, no, but I
4: mean, like, you're standing there, and you're like, oh, my God, this is crazy.
5: It goes yes. on and on, yes, and, you know, if you clap your hands for, and your your palms start to itch, right? You know, you get tired, yeah. and, it, and it was really hot. It was in Venice, um, so we were yeah. all sweating messes. We wanted to get something to drink, but um, I uh, I, I became really fixated on my shoelaces. Um. <laughs> He's staring at your feet. Yeah. yeah.
4: What do you do? What do you, you know, it's a funny thing. Uh, are those moments like even like winning, uh, let's say you win the Oscar or, or, or like when you find out one of your movies, like the Mummy, make, uh, you know, $453 million or something like that. Or you get a six minute ovation. Does that stuff stay with you? Are you the kind of guy who goes, man. I've made it, this is it, this is so gratifying, this is so good. Or does all that shit mean nothing to you?
5: It was really affirming because we worked so hard on this movie. And it was made during the time of COVID, so you know we all went through existential crisis, and it shows in the performances. I think for how much we had to care for one another when we were shooting it, and it translates to the performances on screen too. Um, does it? Does it frustrate you,
4: Brendan, that like the movie business has changed so much? That I mean, I go to people, I go, "You got to see this movie, The Whale. It's so good." And they go, "Where are you going to see that?" I go, "Well, you know, it's like here you've made this great movie, and yet, you know." The whole movie business has changed. You know, people don't go to the movies anymore, and then they don't see it. You know what I mean? It's it's got to be a frustration because I feel most actors get into business because forget the idea of money because most actors think they're never going to make any money. It's for you want to be seen in these performances, and now when something like The Whale comes out, people are like, I didn't see that. Where am I going to go see it? You know, a, f- a film like that would have been seen in the old days.
5: It Does it frustrate you? Well, a film like that would have been an independent back in the yes. day. Yes. I mean, you know, independent from what is really the question? You know, a studio or a distribution or someone breathing down the filmmaker's necks to make a change? creatively or something like that, and, you know, that's a bargain that filmmakers made, you know, 15, 20 years ago to get their work seen, and now there's nothing but content and ways to see it on screens in front of us, everywhere, you know? So I think the answer really is, if you can, do work that you care about, work that that uh, will hopefully find an audience. And when I saw the potential of this movie, I I had a feeling deep in my my heart that it's going to resonate with many, many people. So I think we'll stand a better chance for it being seen, although it's a small film. It it's still pound for pound opened alongside uh Avatar and um you know broke records for a limited release. So I mean that that's great. You know, yay, Team Whale, but at the same time, I think it's great for um filmmakers who still have that independent spirit that their work will be seen. I guess it just means you have to up your game. Just be good at what you do. It helps, you know, if you can. Do you pay attention to box office as an actor? I mean, were you always into the
4: business side of things? No. You know.
5: No? No, Not really, no. I mean, it's important. It's a barometer, you know, for uh, how many butts and seats there are, you know, going to see the work. But... um, if, if, look, I, 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 if I felt, if I had a participation in it, yeah, I'd be like, yay, we passed this milestone, I might see a check. Um, but very often, you know, those are few and far between. Those deals aren't really made the way that they used to be now. So, um, I, I don't pay as much attention to it. As
4: an actor, I would pay attention to it only, like, like, when I made my one film, Ivan Reitman, who was so brilliant, said to me, if your film makes over a hundred million dollars, you can have your choice of any movie you want to make. The next one you could pick from any of the hottest scripts in Hollywood. If your movie makes over seventy five million dollars, yeah, it's still maybe. But if it only makes about fifty million, yeah, you might get some offers. But uh <laughs> you know and he explained it to me. And he, yeah. he, he listen, this guy knew. He, he knew knows. the business. He's not pregnant. I mean, you've like, isn't it weird now? Like with, with the Whale, then I read like your next movie's going to be with Scorsese, De Niro. Um um uh, who else is in it? Um um what's that kid's name? Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio, like the yeah. great like because of the whale it gets you into the next big thing. I mean, that's that's heady stuff to be in a movie with De Niro, right?
5: It is. Um I I I wanted to just I would jump at the opportunity to work with Scorsese any actor would. Sure. He's, um you know, he's it's master cinema creator, and 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 to be in that environment for even. The like three weeks that I worked and only being called in a handful of times because that's how he works. You you really stand by. He hires top shelf talent no matter where he, it comes from all over the country and or world for that matter. And everyone pretty much just waits until he says, OK, we want to do this, this, and this. And you hop in the van, you go in and do it. Um, Is that how it works? Did did that's um, how it Scorsese- did on this job? <laughs> yeah. Did Scorsese see the whale? And no, call no, no. Up? It was out of time. I, I had already done the whale. No uh, shit. N- no, yes, correct.
4: Isn't, oh, I figured my, my timeline was Scorsese sees the whale <laughs> no. and goes, man, this guy's a fucking m- m- monster actor and he's now worthy to be <laughs> alongside De Niro and <laughs> DiCaprio. And whoever the hell else, Joe I Pesci. Just, I, I would
5: somebody.
1: <laughs> <Pesci>. <laughs> it's
4: always Joe Pesci, you know. You know those guys. But it wasn't like that. You say it was. It just. was
5: the other way around. I. I. Um. I mean, I guess I went, got there under my own steam. He might have known about the project, and you know, right. definitely considered that, or someone told him to. But other than that, I mean, he was really um, just a regular actors, director. He moved furniture around himself. He likes to rehearse. He took suggestions. He always, you know, got the, gave credit to the best idea wherever it came from. And, but at the same time, he's brilliant because he's scorsese and he can solve like multiple problems at the same time in an instant. And there are no kidding, four cameras, quadruple, uh, quadruple coverage to shoot, um, a courtroom scene that's happening in real time like an opera. Um, it was remarkable to just. It felt like I was in the presence of like a Renaissance master, and everyone holding up the tools, and he just you know instructed everyone on what to do to how to create the best um, best piece of cinema.
4: Brendan, I'm I'm shocked by that. I always thought Scorsese, being very traditional guy, you know, he's the guy who doesn't even like superhero movies and stuff. <laughs> I thought you you say he used four cameras for a scene. Yeah. I always thought Scorsese would only use one camera. Set, reset the camera and do reaction shots and everything else. But you say no.
5: He no. he will. That's At least in like the that it was. And on top of that, he shoots still shoots on film, which is great I, for right. me because cameras today that we use are digital. They're like light switches. You turn them off. You know, a take goes on and on forever. Like Darren Aronofsky, did the whale, he loves to shoot many, many takes, and that works for his process. But with um, Scorsese, you know, you need to reload the magazine, and that gives everyone a break. To pause to catch your breath, and it's kind of a different rhythm. It's I guess now it's considered like an old school way of shooting a film, but um it doesn't because people that. don't use film anymore. That's like a, a very infre- rare, infrequently, infrequently. I mean, I, it's probably what he knows. I can't speak for his process, but that's it's where he's most most at home. It would it would seem. Yeah. And, and
4: and De Niro, I mean, being in a room with him, I mean, after you come off all the accolades of the Whale and everything, and you've been around, you, I mean, you've made tons of movies i would think at this point in your career the thing that makes you such an asset is when you get that many thousands of hours in front of a camera you become so relaxed that you're not sitting there shitting your pants because it's De Niro. you know it's just it's like you can go in there and go you know what i i've earned my right to be here i know what i'm doing i you know
5: at the at same point. time there i'm i'm still actually quite um excited to be there i mean I'm a, I'm a i'm a i'm a theater geek at heart and i really admire actors who do great work john Lith- lithgow was also um I, I worked with him also and i'm a long time admirer of of him and um
4: lithgow what an actor oh my god anything this guy does if it's the shittiest script he can turn it around amazing, he's right? not good yeah, yeah it's amazing and de niro too i mean let's face it and and, and do you when you say there's rehearsals and things, that turns you on because oh, yeah. it gives you a chance to, you know, some directors, they're like, come on, let's just shoot, let's just shoot.
5: No, the A24 is the releasing company for The Whale and they gave us three, three weeks, three whole weeks to rehearse it. I mean, that's astonishing considering the cost and the effort that goes into it. But this is a, it's a chamber piece. It's based on Sam D. Hunter's uh, own stage play, The Whale, and was adapted by him for the screen. So inherently it has a, a presentational um uh, uh, effect in because it's a, because it's a theatrical piece um well that's why i'm so um so struck
4: by the fact that the whales ahead hit when i watched it i said audiences today are so used to rapid i said this is you know i didn't know anything about the movie when i watched it i said this is obviously it, it, it's like a play yeah. it's a play it, it could take place i said to my wife this could be a broadway show and then i read about it and said oh it is a play uh, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that the thing is getting so much attention and people are really latching onto it. It almost gives you hope for a good cinema, you know? I mean, uh, really crazy. Yeah. Now, now, now getting back to the Oscar for a minute, Okay,
5: you're going to win. You know that,
4: right? I mean, I don't it, know that
5: you really don't. No, I, I don't read tea leaves. I mean, I, anything could happen, you know, uh um, well, here's the way I look at it. Yeah. they say your main
4: competition is this kid who did Elvis uh, listen to me uh, I think you got him beat this Austin Butler he's still running around like he's Elvis I think this guy should be examined I mean, uh, I mean, I'm mean, i all for method acting. Don't get me wrong, but it, tell somebody's got to tell him he's not Elvis any.
5: I can understand what he's challenged with when you really commit to a role. Because yeah. I'm guilty of wearing cowboy hats long after I stopped playing cowboys. So. <laughs> You've done this. Yeah, I know the deal. Yeah. You, know, you invest a certain amount into it, and you take it with you, and then it worked for you, and then you want to hang on to it. I, I don't well, know after
4: Encino Man, I believe you <laughs> ran around as a caveman for that's three right. years. Isn't that correct? Correct, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but well, we got all. Awesome. Justin Butler, who played a good-looking kid, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't on the level of what you did. Colin Farrell never wins, I don't think, so we don't have to worry about him. Uh, Bill Nye is the science guy, right? He no, uh, actor. Uh, Bill, Bill Nye, Nye he, the science guy. Bill Nye Howard. That's not uh, different so, guy. Uh, okay, Bill Nye the science right. guy. <laughs> Bill Nye is not the science no, guy. Bill amazing Nye, amazing
0: actor as oh, well. Oh, yes.
4: oh, I see. But uh, and and then Paul Mescal, I don't know. So I think I think this is you. Are you? I've only read about this, but when someone is being uh, vetted as the front runner for the Oscar, do you do you sit there and go, "No, don't jinx me like that." I would like the Oscar. Well, you would like it, right? You would like the Oscar.
5: It would be. Um, I would accept. Yes,
4: you would. You would. You would not send some uh, an American Indian to accept for you or uh, something like that, like Marlon Brando did. You would go yourself. No, I, I you would go absolutely. Um, Have, H- have you fantasized about what your speech would be?
5: Um, if I've thought about it, it's that I want to make sure that I don't run out of time. If, right. Um, and uh, every time I've... And I've, I've been at a lectern to receive an award only once, really, and that was for the Critics' Choice Awards like three weeks ago. I was not expecting to have hear my name called. And um, everything that I had in mind and, and written on a piece of paper in my pocket... Went out of my head the moment that I stood up there and um, uh, I had to um, really... F- I guess, in a good way, forget about all that intellectual stuff and just speak from the heart. Because I walked off stage and I asked Angela Bassett, what did I just say? <laughs> she goes, she says, you said go to the light. <laughs> That's all that matters. And Isn't that crazy? But here you are
4: an actor who is a very well-prepared actor. You've had this tremendous career. And yet when you get up to, a, and you have a speech written and prepared, And then you get up there and you can't find the speech or you can't find the, I mean, it it doesn't make any sense. It's funny when you become yourself, when you're just Brendan Fraser, (laughs) you you, you turn to jello, right? In terms of uh, making a speech. But, you know, it's crazy. You, you, maybe we should do today. We should rehearse in case you win. Oh, come Oscars. on. <laughs> you wouldn't play completely <laughs> that, would you? you do? Yes. You can. Are, are you going to write down your Oscar speech or are you going to wing it as they say?
5: Oh, no. I, I think, you know, um, f- fail to prepare. And, you know, <laughs> as the saying goes, I'm I'm going to be ready. I mean, there are many people that I have to thank for bringing me to the place that I find myself now. It's been a circuitous path that I've followed, ups and downs, and everything's been on the ascendancy, which is, I think, optimism speaking. But at the same time, I you're only as good as the people you work with. Right. And it, 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 I would be remiss to not acknowledge who, who they are. I would be remiss to not acknowledge who you're keeping company with uh, of the actors that you mentioned. We, we've we had roundtable conversations with one another, and whereas you would think there'd be some sort of a rivalry, it couldn't be further from the truth. There's profound respect that we have for one another right now, I'm I'm seeing. Oh, so.
4: that's great. No, I, I, I really like that. I would think as an actor, the idea that you're pitted against one another. But, uh, but these yeah. studios, they do, like part of... I mean, I don't know from this, but they say from to win an Oscar, you have to campaign for it to a certain extent. Yeah. You can't lay back. In other words, you have to go out. I, I don't know. What do you have to do? What is the process of winning an Oscar or
5: at least really getting... In a way, I think I'm out? kind of battle-tested for a lot of the junketing that I've done over the last 25 years, mm-hmm. which is, you know releasing a film and talking to a lot of different journalists and it's a slow form of water torture in a way because you're being interrogated over and over and answering questions you know the answers to but you can't remember if you told this journalist the answer to that question or it was the person before them and it, it it really gets into um a rhythm and it's it's really just a shoe leather you got to go out um uh, Don't oversell yourself. Right. Speak truthfully. Um, and, and don't expect just heaps of praise to your face because it, it's everyone's job to speak positively of the material, but. You have to own what the piece is, whether it's good or bad, and support it. So it makes it a lot easier to do your job when you really actually care about what you're doing, which I do in a great way for the whale. Because I, I think it's, I it's changing people for the better.
4: I understand what you're saying. It's almost like campaigning for president of the United States. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it's, it's sort of weird like that. And, I, and I, I know from my own experience, whenever I had a book uh, and I had to promote it, I would speak to whatever journalist wanted to speak to me because yeah. you're promoting a book. Yeah. And I remember after a while thinking, I think I just said yeah. the same thing to this guy. It's, uh, I'm being boring. Yeah, I'm you're not. having like backwards deja vu. And, uh, I, yeah. yeah. And th- and then you start saying to yourself, uh oh, I want to say something new and interesting. And then you go, oh, wait a second. Then they can print that. Yes. And then they got, and then they got you. I know. So you, so you start, to get, rehe- yes, you start <laughs> to get rehearsed. Yes, you start to get rehearsed in your answers so you don't fuck up your chance and the movie's <laughs> chance for an oscar and it, 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 it's
5: crazy right yeah no pressure whatsoever come on <laughs> no
4: like. do you do that sometimes when you're being interviewed you say you know i'd just love to speak my mind but for god's sakes I'm, I'm, I'm an oscar nominee i mean a lot of money for the movie and everyone involved and darren aronofsky i, I don't want to fuck this up so i'll just keep my mouth shut
5: I know what I'm talking about when it comes to this movie, so I'm not really like taking a left turn to try and reinvent the wheel about talking about this film and the positive things that it's doing for us culturally right now yeah. um, and i'm I'm confident that the audience that's finding this is learning more about um, themselves and their family dynamics, um, how they are. Confidently, in how they present to the world. Um, and I think that, uh, watching this tale of, of five characters whose hard won hope puts them in search of redemption gives people a lot of, um, affirmation that it's never too late to, to, to stand up for yourself like Charlie does in this movie, uh. even though everything that he's done has left him in such a sorry state and his is a story that we you know gets played out all across the country the world really behind shut doors we we are so quick to dismiss people who live with obesity and not just because people are mean-spirited but also because it, it people describe um um, some sort of like ethical or moral failing to them for how they present to the world, indeed, how their very body um grows exists and um well i
4: I tell you, I cried at the end of the movie now, I do not cry easily, but man, did this movie, and I know it wasn't so much uh, yeah I guess the obesity issue in the sense that this poor guy who was so beautiful inside. Was so crippled by his outside, but what really got me was the the idea. I my father died recently, and I'm I sorry. Said, oh my god, thank you. But I, 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 you know, the guy was 99 years old. He had a good <laughs> run. But my father and I never connected, Brendan. Mm. We never really talked or had any kind. And I saw this character you played, this wonderful father. Really, even though he had fucked up in life, he saw his daughter for who she was. And all of a sudden, I said, oh, my God, what a beautiful image of a father, a father who can see the troubled daughter as beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then I just started to cry. My wife turned to me, what are you crying? I said, how can you not cry at that? This? this is just the most beautiful. She says, I'm so moved, but you're really you broke down. I said, yeah, because. It showed me the possibility of a beautiful relationship.
5: And that's what got me about the movie. It's cathartic for many people, Howard. Yeah. For that reason. And also, in the writing of this, the dialogue, it, it. so many people are saying that it's opening a door for them to reconnect with their daughter, their son, in a way that... They haven't been able to. They didn't have the courage to. Or they didn't know how to do it on their own terms, and now they feel emboldened to be able to. And so much of what's said in the world of this film is what we almost wish that we could have said when we're all confronted with these, um, you know, situations in our lives, or we wish that we had said, or m- maybe it's just a yes. fantasy of it being played out. And the- that's what I mean. That's what I wanted to say. Yes. Somehow, and, it, and, it, and people identify with that.
4: I was with my father for the final time. You know, I'm mm-hmm. sitting there with him and I, and I went, Oh, I want something profound to finally happen between us. I want some moment. And, uh, I didn't get it, oh. but you, well, but you portrayed that final moment that goes so well where, where between a father and a daughter and all of a sudden the daughter realizes my father's a great guy. Wait, We're having our moment. And that's what really got me. How did, how did, uh, Darren Aronofsky, the director, find you we, now i read something that james corden was being considered for the role at some point did you read that at all have you ever heard that before
5: yeah yeah i did i i is there any truth i if he says so i mean i know that darren um looked for 10 years to find an actor to fill this part and no i'm kidding. sure there were no then there were ten, many
4: 10 years yeah, he why saw, 10 years
5: he saw the whale in 2012 it was at new horizon here in new york and he optioned it from sam hunter and they started developing it then and sam uh, adapted the screenplay himself for the screen i mean not bad for a first time screenwriter you know oh, amazing really great um and so he took he took his time because he wanted to cast the role um i guess i don't want to speak for him but effectively you know and and the challenge that he was really open with me about when i met him initially was how am i going to do this i need to find well, an actor who can act, but at the same time has a physical body type that can um, create Charlie that builds him from the outside in, so to speak. Yeah. He and, and to do that, he was really forthcoming about we're going to use Adrian Moreau, who is a longtime collaborator of his and withered with um, prosthetics and pioneering right now uh, 3D technology and um, printing the... Uh, molds to create the appliances so everything is seamless i mean yeah they,
4: they, well, i was uh, impressed with the uh, i don't know how they added the 300 pounds to you but uh, but it's f- like costume but that's got to be when you go to shoot a scene they got to put you in this stuff yeah. uh, how many hours are you sitting in a chair getting this uh four hours yeah four hours yeah so you're sitting there for four hours and you can't do much Right? Because they're, 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 they're adding weight to your body and they're adding mostly weight to your face, which is the, the probably the, the problematic thing. Getting, getting that look of the jowls and the, and the, and the obesity really to look real. And, and and what are you doing when you're sitting there
5: <laughs> looking at YouTube videos of street cooking in Korea? Normally, stuff. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's, it's just gassing That's on, your thing? On, on, on whatever whatever crap comes up on Reddit. Or <laughs> you know, like, do, just, do, do, I mean, because we're it, the first ones there in the morning. It's four o'clock in the morning, you know, and nobody's arrived because set calls at like eight thirty or 9 so we all. Does it the place affect for you while. though
4: does does it affect you to sit there for four hours and say jesus christ i i i got the scene down in my head i know what i want to do and now i'm sitting here and, and and for god's sakes i i can't
5: get out there and do the damn scene well we had already like i started to say we started rehe- we rehearsed us for three weeks so we made all of our mistakes and we made all of our discoveries and we bonded with one another before you arrive at the built set and which was an environment that was kind of like a submarine you know, because we're on top of each other. It's a two-bedroom apartment. That's it. Charlie doesn't right. leave. Um, so we knew how to play the scenes. We like if we were musicians, we knew what the concert would be. We just had to go out and and do the work. But uh, it's important because. Because it has theatrical origins, I needed to be completely bulletproof and off-book. And I'm horrible. My memory is going in my middle age so rapidly. I needed to be quizzed and tested to make sure that I knew the script, chapter, and verse. And the reason being is because, well, you're an actor and you should know that anyway. But also because I... I would be um, wearing all this apparatus. And actors do tricks where they look at the sides before the take and then stuff them down the chair and then just kind of wing yeah. it. And there is none of that. I mean, I, I, it was impossible. I, we, and, and there were long takes, too. Like I said, Darren really likes to shoot. And it, it, he has this sort of, well, we're already here anyway. Let's just do it again. You know? and, and, I mean, I, I watched that stuff. I,
4: I said, how the fuck do these guys memorize all these lines? I'm, I'm very hung up on that. I bring it up to almost every actor. Your your thing is so on you because, like you say, your character's a shut-in. He's not leaving the house. It's re- it, the, the only way this movie worked, this is why you're going to win. The, the only way this movie worked is if you pulled this off because the movie's you. It's watching you. It's watching you move. It's watching you physically eat. It's watching you. And these long monologues that are very emotional... I mean, it's an actor's dream to get something like that, but also an actor's nightmare. It's like, fuck, how the hell am I going to remember this And I'm in a fat suit? There's
5: there's no running and no hiding in in that instance. Oh, hey, Howard, um, if it's all right with you, can we banish that term? You'll never hear me say it. And I know it's in common vernacular, but let's figure out if we could here and now a workaround can we call it a weight gain costume or something because i know a weight gain cut. you don't like the something. the term
4: fat suit it, 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 you'll never expensive. hear me say that well i mean yeah i i mean i, I never looked at it that way but but believe i believe
5: in my experience of making this film there are plenty of those who do feel that that inherently reinforces some bias that can lead to all the nuisance that the issue of obesity presents itself in our culture. And so much about what we're trying to, or an effort to do, to change that um, is even in the title of the film itself. It's called The Whale, which we learn is um, not a pejorative joke or a slur, as some people would think that it is when they go see the film. Because they quickly learn that the title itself is calling out their preconceived uh, notions of what it means and this right. is a film that changes hearts and minds and if you, at the end of the film you don't question your own values as to what they were before you walked into the door and as to how you feel about them when it's over then I don't know you don't have a pulse or something
4: it, no you're right I mean it, it, it makes you also sensitive to the fact that you know you can't judge a book by its cover agreed. It, it, the, the, the movie really did move me and I said like look how like, when the movie starts you were um, masturbating to porn and stuffing your f- mouth with food and, I, and, 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 and very sweaty and greasy. And I said, ah, uh, who could love this guy? And by the end of the movie, I'm madly in love with your character. I, wanna, I just want to know him and be in his presence and give him a big hug.
5: Howard, do you mother. feel like you had a Charlie in your life? Because I know I've had a composite of different peop- many different people in my experience of being an actor there have been mentors in my past there have been instructors teachers
4: people. you mean people who you were repulsed by or did not know were, were not attracted to as human beings and then somehow everything changed and you saw them as beautiful
5: is that what you mean i and i i had to get past a barrier myself about how i perceived others and i i really had to make sure that um i didn't I didn't bring any of my own hangups to the project and it did educate me. But when I say like a Charlie, he's someone who has, um, it's like he has a secret superpower. He can bring, like, you know, if he's a superhero, he can bring out the good in others. That's his, that's his secret power. E- even when they can't see that in themselves.
4: You want to know something, Brendan? Yeah. I sadly did not have that in my life. Oh. I would say the closest now, um, I have was my psychiatrist. I'm not, I'm not talking about my wife now or someone like that. I'm talking about, uh, someone who could see me as beautiful, uh, and that, that, that really saw me. Yeah. I became so closed off that I became, like Charlie, something of a, a person who just stays in their own little world. Right. And so no, I don't I didn't and I regret that in my life. I didn't have a lot of mentors, I didn't have anyone to show me the radio business, I didn't have anyone I had to just stumble my way through. But who was your person that uh maybe professionally or
5: uh no one no one who you would know or the public at large. I mean I, I, I I've learned from friends who are dramaturgs, I've learned from uh college professors who were in, in love with language. And how did you know to go and
4: search for those kind of mentors? How did you kn- I, I the, understand that?
5: The life, life was good to me and they presented themselves and I paid attention. I mean, I, I knew that you, you must learn. You have to learn from people who know what they're doing. And they also have to be people who can call you out and get you to be honest about who you are and what you're about.
4: So you must have had a good relationship with your parents if you trusted that other people
5: would be good for you. Um. Of course, I had a good relationship with my parents and they're supportive. My mother's not here anymore, but she was very supportive of putting me through college and, 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 um, you know, not, not leaning on me to get a real job as it were. Right. Right. Um, my father, he, on the other hand, he tolerated, he abided my, uh, ambitions at first. And then of course he, he has the sort of taught him everything he knows <laughs> kind of attitude oh, well. now, but you know, that's that's dad um i um i'm
4: shocked by you know your decision to leave college go out to la and try the acting thing i am shocked by how quickly everything came together for you as a young man i I, what were you 20 when you went out to uh, la to really try your hand at this 22 22 yeah and you know by standards today you know you, you gotta start when you're 12 and be on a Disney show or something. Right. You were kind of a late comer in a way. way, I was. Tw- at 22. Yeah. And bam, right away, you get into that rarefied air. You must have thought, why do people say uh, getting, uh, getting movie roles is so difficult?
5: Oh, wow. I mean, you're you got. Just- you just broke Dude, my balls you... a little bit here because I felt that way. I did. I, <laughs> I felt like this is, almost, is this, this is almost too easy. Like, what's the catch? I'm expecting someone to walk in the door and say, punked. You know, like. Yeah,
4: I, because, because like I think within uh, a few days, um, what was the movie you were like right away you got uh, hired for? It was a good movie. Um, well, I mean, Encino Man happened like, boom, that. Uh, Actually, the like, film was School Ties. That came first. Yeah. School Ties by the way i think my favorite movie that you ever made beside the whale is school ties i love that movie Thanks. and if you've never seen it uh, people should um, look for it
2: and what it a was cast a, it's like it, everybody was in that movie who came who became a big star it was a, it was about a
4: guy who of course uh, was jewish he was hiding his jewishness because he was an athlete and he was at a preppy kind of school and he knew there'd be anti-semitism and sure enough when they find out he's a jew there is anti-semitism and the guys just hate him now when he used to be you know one of the guys it is such a moving thing but for you to go out to la and land that role and you know the other guys in the film it was what matt damon um uh ben affleck wasn't he was in it chris cole chris and you go you know and boom you go out to la and you get this movie school ties what how long did it take you
5: i first read for it it was uh when i first arrived in town and it was under a different director um and uh i didn't get the job and they were casting for their david for a long time i'm told and then about eight or nine months later i came back under a new casting director and they said okay um go meet sherry lansing who was running paramount and she said uh I want to do a test. What are you doing on Thursday? And I thought, you know, in my naivete, I thought it was like an exam or something like that. I didn't know. And <laughs> and the SATs. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I panicked right. a little bit. And then, um, we went to the Paramount lot and Tech Fujimoto was the DP and, uh, and there's, then Matt Damon was my scene partner. And I just remember thinking he's already got the job. And, right. uh, I'm, you know, this is my shot here. i like, okay, don't mess this up. Um, bring things down a size i was used to being on stage at that point in my life and playing to the back row and i knew that i needed to match pitch with matt so i i felt like um i was his wingman or something and i think that's why i got hired it's weird too like the original director rejects
4: you Hmm. uh sherry lansing who i love she was very nice to me when i made my movie she was very helpful and, uh, you know, uh, she goes, hey, come on in and test for this thing. And meanwhile, you, you don't know that much about the movie business.
5: Did you she were... make you screen test also?
4: No, no not, no, not for that. But she was very kind to me. She was very nice and, and made me feel very good because I was insecure when I was making my movie. I wasn't a movie
5: actor. I and... saw your film, Howard. It's, with the scene that you and Robin had at the end was a beautiful piece of acting. When you're trying to convince her not to leave you, right. that was well, pure and honest. Please, I'm an actor. Take it from me. Let me compliment you. you. Seriously. Thank you. Thank I remember you. But, that.
4: But, but but these guys that you ended up with, the, you know, Ben Affleck in this movie, uh, Matt Damon, Chris O'Donnell. Yes. This, this was before we even knew who Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is or Brendan Fraser. Good, right. This is before Goodwill Hunting. And then you kind of have described that even with your acting career, it was those guys you were always up against. It was the same guys trying out for every part, you know. And and, and do you do you begin to like just get frustrated by these guys? And when you see them hit it with Goodwill Hunting,
5: are you like, what the fuck happened? I was those two overjoyed schlubs? for them. I like I right. know these schmoes. I was so yeah. happy for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, right? They did a great job, and um, and in making school ties, in a way, I felt like David because his. His story is that he wants to belong. And we, at some point in our lives or another, we've all felt like we've had our nose pressed up against the glass and there's some, something keeping us out and we want to be a part of what's in there. In this case, David wanted to be a part of the school. He, he wanted the camaraderie. He, he, he wanted the glory that sport brought him, but right. it came at a cost. And the barrier was, is that he was Jewish and their anti-Semitism kept him out. So for all that need of wanting to belong, I identified with that because I felt like I want to be a part of this Hollywood also. I don't know if I'm in the club or, or, or not. Yet, if right? At all. You were an outsider. Exactly. You didn't know what that. You, you came from
4: Texas and and moved to L. A. No, it was and Seattle,
5: and then and then LA. was it? Yeah. Oh,
4: okay. Oh, yeah. You were thinking of going to Texas, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, you know, it, it's a funny thing with with actors, and 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 you know, you see the people who become successful and stuff. And you got to be somewhat aware to be an actor. You got to be in touch emotionally. I'm an outsider who wants to go inside and all that. That scene in that movie where you're wrestling. You know, you're in the shower, you're naked, Matt's naked, and you guys, and all of a sudden he turns to you, he calls you a kike, and he says, you're a Jew, and then you guys fight in the shower, and you're wrestling. Were you guys fully nude oh, yeah. in that scene? Absolutely. You were. Absolutely, yeah. You saw each other's penises? So to speak. I wasn't, wow. Oh, I wasn't looking. I, well, I would have looked. I'd like to see my dame's penis. Why not? Sure, I would take a look. But I can't believe you guys were fully nude on set for that. Well, it
2: makes Is that sense. Mandatory.
4: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, I see. That's why uh, I can't do nudity. Uh, let's put because <laughs> you don't want to frighten anybody, right? Well, I'm <laughs> very small. I'll be honest with you. You got to have a certain confidence. Uh, no kidding.
5: I would have freaked out. Well, Yeah, it was scary. It's scary to do that. And when you're an actor and you're starting off, you're ambitious and game for pretty much anything. They say, jump, you say how high. But right. at the same time, I appreciated that this isn't really for a wow or a scintillating factor of going, hey, look at that, naked people. The point of it was is that when Damon's character says what he says about David, it just reveals who he is. His anti-Semitism and his prejudice is stripped down naked and it's ugly and the door is locked and they fight over it like shaved apes that need to be pulled apart because they run out of things to say to one another and it just turns into an ugly knuckle dusting fit and that's the point of the scene really. Oh, no, it's a beautiful... Scene. I mean, the, the, my heart
4: I breaks when he I... think knew it when, wasn't the
2: penises.
4: Right. I I, 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 You know, me, in my mind, I'm like, gee, I wonder if these guys had to really get naked. Did they let you wear a little cloth or something? Re- Chris not.
5: O'Donnell was trying to... What well, he did, he kicked out the set photographer who was hiding in one of the bathroom stalls. No kidding. <laughs> no, <laughs> he was right? Like, right? Yeah, you, Peter, you can go. Thank you. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to, you looking at You really me. don't need to be there, do you? you're
4: like, all right. Yeah yeah well no listen if someone said to me listen this is the role of a lifetime but you got to fight nude i'd have to turn down the role i'm I'm not (laughs) confident in that area i'm just not i admire i admire your confidence you know you talk about some of those early movies like and again getting back to this point and maybe this is true with the whale you know for some reason like 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 Darren Aronofsky, what, what bigger, uh, 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 accolade do you need? Forget the Oscar. Darren Aronofsky, a, a well-known, fabulous director, says, I'm looking for the guy to play the lead in the whale for ten years. And Brendan, I believe you're the guy. Um, that's, that's pretty big stuff. You know, that, yes. that's big. Why? Why? But did you ever say, did you ever sit down with Darren and say, hey, you know, this has been the ride of a lifetime. This is just a great yes. role why did, what did you why why did you choose me were, were there others that you came close to? Did you ever have that conversation with him?
5: the answers to that actually came up when others asked him that question i I've, i i don't i'm canadian i didn't have the <laughs> i courage don't know. to ask those <laughs> questions because i didn't want to know if i maybe i I'd, I'd hear something i didn't want to hear but I do know that um he um he was he was adamant that he'd find somebody who was able to do the um, the acting the, bit. And right. then, at the same time, they needed to create the body of Charlie in the same way that you would you know, create a, a, I don't know, a creature, a monster, or something fantastic in films. It, it was no different. I mean, it, essentially, it's just suit performing. Um, yeah, it is so brilliant. Because head-to-toe suit that- performing. In, it's, it's, it's an actor in a costume. It's, I think you're I
2: being a little humble because what, 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 you move the way a person in that condition moved you you actually i've i'm i used to be a nurse and Mm -hmm. i've worked with people who are struggling with that Mm -hmm. and you you had it down it was exactly how it is and
4: and you know the thing uh, yes and and then then the thing of it is too when you uh analyze this whole you know thing that you you got this role and all of that i guess One of the things I had read was that Darren Aronofsky said also he was interested in taking someone. Um, this is like kind of a Quentin Tarantino move. I wanted to find someone who was so, such a big star and then sort of I want to revive their career or I want, you know, what he did with Travolta. He wanted to rediscover Travolta. And in his mind, he, this is what I read, he wanted to rediscover Brendan Fraser. And, Was that true? Do you know that that's a fact?
5: He did tell me that it would be helpful to him to hire an actor who um, everyone felt they already knew, but they hadn't seen in a while, and to reintroduce whoever that is. And that's what he told me in our initial meeting. And of course, I was like, it's me. Please let it be me in my mind. (laughs) But I didn't know if I had the job or not. And I understood what he was saying because it's fair. I I was in everyone's living room for a while in the 90s there. I was like the furniture to a whole generation of young people now who have kids of their own. I'm old. But it, it made sense that he was looking towards someone because Charlie should feel like he's someone that you know. Everybody yeah. should be able to identify with them, and people can do that. I can see I've learned that they can do that with me, with Brendan. And also, on top of that, I saw what he did with Mickey in the wrestler, and that was brilliant. and Mickey brilliant, was brilliant. He was just right. It was perfect, 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 across the, across the board. And, and in a way, also um, in Black Swan, the same thing. I mean, those are both films about uh, their subject giving a performance you know. You, One's wrestling, one's doing ballet, and the stakes are life and death. Um,
4: They always say, though, that a good director is a guy who doesn't um, tell the actors what to do. In other words, when you finally get the role and you start to rehearse, he doesn't sit there and give you notes to death, right? He let you
5: do your thing? We would find it together. He went over the script meticulously, line by line by line. He and I went on Zoom sessions, and um, we learned it. I like I told you, I got off book as best I could. But like like all the best directors, Darren's very simple about just showing you where to go to get to where you need to be. I mean, that's what a Mm. director does essentially. It's over there. Just go over there. And if you take Mm. that direction, maybe something good will happen. He he is like that. But he does have a real strong sense of collaboration. He has amazing people that he works with. Top shelf talent were on this film uh, from every department. The set deck, Matty Louboutique, turned down like a Star Wars movie or something to come and do this. you know. And everyone was on this little rinky-dink movie in a two-bedroom set that was meticulously designed in such a way that if you look closely you can see that there's a nautical theme in the, the art on the wall because it's it's it lives in the world of Moby Dick you learn um
4: and what's the what was the budget on that film I think was, I read
5: about two, two upper two something maybe three million bucks wow. yeah that's it. I mean that's yeah. that's that's a lot of money for a little movie yeah. like this but still um by today's standards uh, right you know it's it's
4: it's peanuts compared to what these people put in did you hear after like how soon after the film comes out do you realize oh shoot my life's about to change again because (laughs) this film is just getting so many accolades what do you hear do you get a call from like steven spielberg do you get a call from who do you you didn't get a call from i thought that's what happens when you're in a movie like the whale and uh you know like oh, oh it's steven spielberg it's uh you know it's this guy it's that guy it's the, the, the no fellow actors
5: contact you and say, yeah a lot of people from my past a lot of fellow actors saw it a lot of um jeffrey dean paulie shore paulie shore I immediately heard from, kind of, yeah i heard from, you Pauly, heard from yeah right right i um, like paulie was friendly and supportive um and uh, um, Jeff Matt Damon? Damon? Do uh, we hear from Matt Damon? I, I've not heard from Damon. Um, what, what is that?
4: What, yeah, you took we're... it personally that you beat him up in a shower. You
5: never right. You never call. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Affleck, uh, get in touch. Not, not, but not Ben Affleck. I, I've not heard from Ben. Uh, it's a small campus. I'm sure we'll see each other uh, next semester. What is Dick for so donald i maybe i'll run into him um you know on a you talk, know on a talk show or something like that uh,
4: i was going through the movies you've made and i really you know i love that movie airheads and you know i i and i'll tell you why i go back and really appreciate that and airheads by the way had um you know it, it had a radio theme you guys were in a rock band you and sandler are in a rock band. You were a and you big won- influence for that movie to so Was know. I? Really?
5: Absolutely. Are you kidding? None of that was lost on us?
4: Well 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 you guys invaded and took over a radio station <laughs> in order to get your band played on the radio. That was the premise. Yeah. But I I but but I go back when I when I think about that movie and Chris Farley was in it. Yes. And I think Chris Yeah, Chris Farley, you know, I go back and watch his old Saturday Night Live bits and and, and when his appearances on Letterman I mean that guy, and and in your movie he was playing Airheads. He's playing a cop, <laughs> and just the little facial ticks, those little moments where his boss is, the head cop is yelling at him. <laughs> it's so fucking brilliant. <laughs> and and what is it? It's was it because Farley would just commit to the character? Is that? It,
5: I think it, because he and Sandler always had a like not a rivalry, but a competition going on to see who could crack each other up the best and so (laughs) one night we were sitting there and sandler's sitting next to farley and farley (laughs) looks over at sandler and sandler he wears shorts basketball shorts all the time and he pulls his shorts up and he's yanked his nutsack down (laughs) on his on his thigh so just so a piece of his scrot is sticking out and he points at it and he goes i got this growth (laughs) and farley's like it looks like it itches he's like i know is there a paste or something for this and these guys would do this shit with each other just to see who would corpse first and that was always going on and i think it's because i know when they became writing partners at snl that they had a pact going which was um i'm not going to be afraid you don't be afraid i won't be afraid. We'll go forward together with courage, you know? And and that's really what they did. And I think it, comedy, what little I know about it, and I'm not a comedian, is really about confidence. You have to right. really own what you're doing. You, have, you gotta know what you're doing. When the so right people be do. Because- because someone else ripping you
4: know, a piece of their scrotum out and, and, and uh, you know, letting people see it, it, it could be terribly offensive. Exactly. And it, but, but these guys know how to make that, like, oh, look, I have a growth on my leg. If you've got the growth on your leg part of it, it's not gross, it's hysterical. I
5: know, but they're not even referring to it because it's this nutsack, though. No, they're just like, oh,
1: that looks like it hurts. <laughs>
4: <laughs> ah, and, and, and when you're around guys like that, is it? Um, do you just lay back? You don't try it out, funny them, right? Hell no, you just, You'll no. get hurt. <laughs> <Don't>. <laughs> yeah, I love the scene in that movie where Sandler, uh, he's he's talking to a one of the hostages is a black woman, and he goes, "I don't know why black people don't like me." And the woman like like looks at him and, and go and, and like is just amazed. I mean, it, it was just it, it it was it was it was kind of a, a did that movie make a lot of money, Aaron? No, heads, or, no, it didn't. It, it, it was, wasn't successful. It was, huh? it
5: was a studio like, meh. you know, they they didn't really like it that much. They didn't. Steve Buscemi had a T-shirt on for the first three days that said "Blow me." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and the studio in the studio saw the dailies and they were like ah no and, you know and they they like, changed the shirt but the movie takes place in one day so like right. when would Rex go and change his shirt he doesn't but you just notice that <laughs> the blow me shirt's gone because that was, was too spicy and and um, uh, why why does
4: Sandler why does Adam Sandler claim that he got you the part in Airhead <laughs> and you claim that is not true at all it had nothing to do with I, it. My
5: claim is that I did not know that. I'm going to believe him because it sounds like something he would do. I didn't. Right. He. He. I don't think he's yanking my chain, but I, I'm sure that he went and badgered um, Michael Lehman, our director, to put me in the movie because I think it was funny to Sandler to steal me from Pauly. <laughs> well, Pauly had done Encino
4: Man with you, and that was a big hit. I mean, that was yeah. a good movie and uh and and then Paulie said "Brendan I don't want you in Airheads with Adam Sandler and Chris Farley and Steve Buscemi because I want to make Encino Man 2." Is that what the the story was? They were fighting
5: over you. I didn't hear that from Pauly, but I'll take it on faith that it did happen cuz I know right. that Paulie had a deal and he 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 always had me back to do a cameo in whatever wackadoo comedy he would do. I, I um, son-in-law and <laughs> yeah, I I love think, that was moment. I in jury duty? I can't remember. Um, in the army now and right. he, and, and he had a running joke where I would eat a frog cause <laughs> it was a, a, a rubber frog cause a link to caveman, um, toasts a bunsen a frog over a bunsen burner in a cutaway shot in a montage and that was big laughs in the 90s apparently so anyway he got a lot of mileage out of that but polly wanted to make sure that he sort of like he was building a group that he wanted to keep going together with
4: you know when i think about you know you running around on a loincloth in george in the jungle and stuff and and even the naked showers need your body i mean you were in physical shape when you were a young actor, starting out, were you hitting the gym almost uh every day, and I mean how no. important no was it just what what it, that was your natural body you no, no, Even no. Up the-
5: no I've, I've i've always been a tall drink of water i 've never been you know, like a real buff dude but um and I came from Seattle, we were theater nerds you know we didn 't work out we didn't we couldn 't afford a piece of chicken you know we didn't get the protein on us, but i did yeah, I started uh going to gyms when i moved to los angeles because it's kind of prerequisite you know the studio were you the type of guy were you the type of guy when you were young
4: before you became brendan fraser the famous actor were you were you always hit on by women and um and constantly uh, were you the guy (laughs) men too were you the guy in high school that uh just everyone wanted to know and and everyone wanted to be with
5: um, no, I went to a boys' boarding school. It was a really competitive oh. environment. It was kind of like the world of school ties, so I oh. knew a lot about that. I So guys would hit on you at school? Uh, yeah, I, I, I guess so, but you're teenagers. You don't know. You're just like... Horny for anything, you know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Guys, teachers, everyone was coming Yeah, you know. <laughs> Endless.
5: A hole in a tree, whatever. You know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> no, because, I mean, let's face it, to become a leading man the way you did, and then movie after movie after movie, and getting back to this concept, you go out to Hollywood, a complete unknown, and within weeks you're in movies. Is unheard of, Brendan. It's just crazy that, you know, suddenly you're in Encino Man. Suddenly you're in School tie. Suddenly you're in yeah, George of the Jungle, this one, that one. The, you know, I mean, it's just.
5: Did you ever it, see the film Being There? Of course. Jersey Did, Kaczynski. Do you remember uh, being at, there? I remember, remember the book, too. Do you remember at the end when um, Chauncey Gardner walks on water and he takes his umbrella and he pokes it in the water? Yep. And he pulls it out and he kind of goes, huh. Well, look at that. It's water. But he didn't know you can't walk on water. But that doesn't mean that he couldn't walk on water. He just didn't know that you're not supposed to be able to. So what you don't know can't hurt you. So I say that because in a way I felt like that too. I didn't know that you're not supposed to be able to show up here and you know have what you just said happen very suddenly and quickly. It's just kind of what I went along with.
4: Did an agent ever say to you, you know, Brendan? I don't want to burst your bubble here, but this doesn't happen. There's no one in show business that has this kind of rise and, and gets this many movies right in a
5: row. You know, no, the agents if- didn't do that early on. No, they—they're pretty protective of clients. You know, they were that they, that was. That was an accomplishment of theirs, you know, in I many mean, ways. But there were others who let me know that, mostly journalists. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. <you know. laughs> right. And fellow actors
4: and, and stuff true. like that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine fellow actors that you would meet would say, who the fuck is this guy getting all of these roles?
5: That's, that's, that's part of the, um, the alchemy of being an actor. That everyone, that people don't really talk about that much, but I think it's important. Maybe we could, for a moment, because we all we all want to belong. And to be an actor is to want and want and want again, you know, really being pretty selfish. And to to do your job, you have to have that need to fulfill. And things are going to get in the way, obstacles, and what are your tactics to get what you need? I mean, that's the job, basically, right there. And when we see one another in work that we want to do and think, hey, I could do that. I want to do that. Why is it that person instead of me? I mean there's cynical answers to it like we'll get a better agent or you know um I don't know be better at what you do it, it it you have to turn a corner where you you feel less competitive with one another and feel more supportive of one another because the more I'm in this world in this job the happier I am when I run into people from 10 20 years ago and I still feel like look at us we're still here, I had a moment right. with with uh, Kehoe Kwan from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, same thing. He and I were an Encino man together. Did you know wow. that? No, I did
4: not. And, he was. and it is remarkable when you think about longevity in a career. Some people do burn out, and some people just they don't capture the imagination of audiences. And then there's a couple of actors that have just been able to stay in the game.
5: Well, again, I mean. Th- things go up and down. I had some quiet periods of my own. I mean, I did. I had to stand back and uh, take care of my uh my my body. I mean, I, my 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 soul, my heart, my family. I it was things that I needed to do. And well, when you say you step back, yeah. I mean, you ha- you had some physical
4: injuries from, you know, you've described very well When you were doing a lot of these physical movies, The Mummy, George of the Jungle, I mean, you were doing your own stunts because you were naive. You thought, oh, hey, I'm in a movie. I should do my own stunts. And you put your body through a lot of physical abuse.
5: That, and I had a screw loose and thinking, I better be earning this because I still Hmm. had that sort of uh, feeling of imposter syndrome feeling, like, you know, this is too good to be true. So, you know, if they're going to be paying me to do this, I I mean, I I better. I better really put in some blood, sweat, and tears here, and that's the wrong approach. I was working too hard, and I didn't. Were know... you
4: Were you offered a stunt man on some of these movies? Oh, absolutely.
5: And... You always are, because I mean, you can't be for one, one thing. You can't be in two places at once, because there's a you know a big picture like that has a, um, a a whole second 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 unit going off and shooting their own movie sometimes. And you're doubled by them, but you can't be with them in two places. But sometimes, because you're the character, and you do it better than no one does it better than you do it yourself if you're right. there and you're ready and you look like the guy because you are the guy you get in the shot um and and and, it, and you learn as a matter of pride to the hard way <laughs> to step back and let the make the big boys and girls do the stunts it it's it, it's it, i learned that on on um airheads um uh, joe montagna um saw us getting really excited because at the end of airheads our three heroes dive off of the building into their adoring crowd to surf to freedom while they go to jail but um so they (laughs) sure enough put us in front of a big giant crash mat and got a shot of the three of us running and diving into the crowd and i i went up and um but went up, and we both turned into it, and Adam totally face-planted, like, nah! and, and mm. crumple, crum, crumpled himself. And he later told me, like, yeah, he really kind of hurt himself. And that's, that's sad. We should have listened to Montaigne. He was like, just let the guys do the stunts, all right?
4: Yeah, I get it, though.
5: Around. I get it. You
4: start to think, geez, they've given me this fabulous job that I dreamt about since I was a kid. <laughs> And 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 oh, I'm not going to tell them. I'm not going to jump onto an air mattress. I'll just do it. It's like you're just always trying to prove yourself and have everyone love you and like you, and uh, and then you end up damaging yourself. It can become exhausting
5: too. I, it yeah. playing into a sort of popularity spiral. I I know what you mean.
4: Um, yeah, no, it's it's crazy. And 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 hey, certainly Sandler must have called you after you uh, got nominated for the oh, Oscar. Yeah. Absolutely. Sandler, I mean, he had to, right? He had yeah, to
5: we, We've reconnected in a really meaningful way on this whole awards circuit journey. He's, he's such a good guy and he is masterful at deflection. You cannot pay that guy a compliment for love or money. You can't try <laughs> right. it sometimes. You can't. <laughs> what is that? What, why humility? Is, uh, um, humility. And I think that is, um, respect for others is what I think that's born of. That and, and his dad was an amazing guy. I think it's something
4: other than that. What? I think it's um um a parent somewhere along the line says, What are you, a big shot? What do you what what, what? Mm-hmm. you think you're something? You think you're a big shot? You're nothing. I think that that, that's why it's hard for Sandler to take a compliment. Somebody must have done a number on his head. Possibly, that's my theory.
5: We all have those those voices of dissent when we want to be creative individuals. There's always someone there to tell you not to rise above your station. You know. I mean, I can remember being told, "Yeah, you should just go down to the radio station and uh, you know read the weather report." You know, (laughs) do some of your Dramaticals, yeah, that'll, yeah, that yeah, that's a regular job, you know I'm thinking, well, thanks, I think I mean, I spent four years to get a degree for what
4: is the role that got away from you, I'm just asking about, I don't know if you even spent two seconds thinking about it, sure. When you were going to be cast as Superman, I think it's when J.J. Uh, J. Abrams was uh, in charge of the Superman franchise. Someone had approached you about being Superman in that movie, and, and 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 then
5: suddenly it was taken away from you. Is that correct? Everyone in town was reading for Superman. Uh, they, again, we're testing, I think, maybe six or seven guys in 2002, two, three. Who were the guys? Who was being oh, tested? Paul Do you Walker. remember? I remember Paul Walker was before me um i don't remember the names of others but i just know they were like you know the usual suspects right were called up and so you know of course it's a life-changing amazing opportunity but you had to i had to reconcile with okay say you do get the job to be the man of steel it's going to be chipped on your gravestone are you okay with that i mean forevermore be known as the man of steel and in some way or another maybe not now but back then it really felt like it right. um and so there was a sort of a faustian bargain that went in mm-hmm. to feeling yeah. and i think inherently i didn't want to be known for only one thing because i prided myself on diversity my whole professional life and i i'd like i mean i i'm not a one-trick pony and and yeah i feel
4: you like, imagine like christopher reeve it really uh they say that that, that role it just was so he was so superman that it just you know
5: he's the gold even, standard in so many ways you know and yeah. Uh, it, 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 yeah you'll be held up against you know you're on the, the shoulders of giants but um but it, how hurt the, were you that you didn't get it were you at the time very very bummed out I felt disappointed that there was an amazing opportunity and it didn't come to fruition. It had to do a lot with some really shenanigans and studio politics. And 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 probably, probably inherently in my screen test, I think that's why you test. They could kind of see I wasn't, I was only there like 98% instead. So of
4: maybe me. you were there 98% because the 2% of you was going, I don't exactly. know if this was good for my career. Exactly. And you weren't fully committed to that yes. Superman role. Uh, exactly. Wow, you might have, but what is, what do you mean by studio politics? I'm always, uh, you, you mean somebody has, uh, an inside scoop because they know someone kind of thing? Is that how they get um,
5: some role? It's very secretive because in, in, uh, a comic book, a character, an icon, like that one. Um, yep. Everyone, it's a property. Everyone has a, a stake in it and ownership. And, it, you know, everyone's an expert in how and why and all of that. And I believe in what l- limited amount that I've worked in the world of like DC superheroes. I mean, there's Uber nerds out there and they're the gatekeepers. And, um, you know, you defer to their knowledge and their expertise. Um, right. So a lot of that's internal conversation. A lot of it is, uh, uh, corporate. <laughs> honestly yeah. it's um uh picking it's you know it's picking a candidate for right your you know your party as it were who are you going to go with um you know who's appealing or you, sexy at that time or you know a, a lot of it goes in a lot of those decisions get get yeah. made behind the scenes by and nameless you, faceless people far away
4: and you know now that i'm thinking about it from the studio executive point of view and and your point of view it's like, what a heady decision. You know everyone wants to know who's going to be Superman. Oh,
5: yeah.
4: It seems in everyone's mind the movie will be a slam dunk because everyone wants to go see a Superman movie. Yeah. I would think the pressure also of being an actor in a franchise like that, and where they come in and say, okay, you'll be Superman. I would shit my pants if the movie tanked. I really would. I, I, mean, I mean, what a pressure to be Superman and then have and then have everyone say, it didn't make money. <laughs> Yeah. And it's Brendan Fraser's fault. <laughs> I mean, you know. Oh, don't worry. There's
5: a success has many fathers. <laughs> right. Failure is a bastard. <laughs> right, 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 right.
4: When, when the mummy makes 450 something million dollars, yeah, not so much for Brendan. Oh, everybody else uh, that knew what was happening. It, it's so crazy. Um, I know you were supposed to be in Batgirl. I guess that project went
5: away, but you Oh, I gonna... I was in Batgirl. I, we shot that entirely. Um, wh- in... wh- where is it? It's in a vault somewhere in the dungeon. Why? Why is it? What do
4: you know about this, this Batgirl? What, why is it in it a... that you shot it? Yes. With, you Les played the craze. villain, uh, Firefly? Firefly. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed like a good movie to you.
5: I mean, from <laughs> what you saw? It was great. Yeah. It, it, they shot, uh, a, a Dylan Bilal did the, um, The cop movies, um, bad boys movies, are really good at blowing shit up, and they love doing it. You know, like practical fire effects, making stuff go bang. They're all over it, and so Firefly was right in their wheelhouse. So, and Gotham um, never looked better cast as um, as Glasgow, Scotland. You know, it's decaying and just gorgeous, and and it looks like it's Gotham City. You know, it's perfect. It's perfectly cast as. You believe it no matter where you look in the town if you light it the right way. Um, and yeah, we look, it was a story about a guy who, uh, had uh, been in the service and he, um, had his benefits were cut. And he's very angry with the system. And what else is he going to do but burn it to the ground? That's all you right. need to know. Super villain, yeah. right there. So you've got some sympathy to them. You've also got some humanity to him. And on top of that, a screw loose because, you know, he's a bad guy. But is he really like all the best bad guys? You kind of like him a little bit? Yes. That that was this role. and Great role. It was, a, yes, on paper. Very, very good. I, I relished this part. It was great fun. I really and you that. shot the
4: whole movie, and they never put out Batgirl. Correct. It, it why, was, why would a studio, uh, Brendan, explain the business to me? Why would a studio put that kind of money? I imagine Batgirl costs a lot of money to make. Why would they just not put it some put it online, or I mean, you do something
5: with what, what? What is the problem? It was made during the time of COVID, and right. it was formatted for a streaming service on HBO max okay and that's all it was conceived of and shot and it was meant to live you know on cable essentially um and again for reasons like way above my station uh the executives changed regimes and the new one showed up and said uh we we got some debt to write down where can we um conserve money as a company and sadly batgirl became the canary in the coal mine with regard to streaming service do uh, you think it'll ever be seen? Have you seen Possibly. the actual, have you I've seen not, the film? No, no, I have not. not. No, no. I have, I have friends and coworkers and, and associates who've seen it. And they, they all say really good things about it. But the thing about it was, is it was screened in a garden variety test screening. It was a director's cut, first cut. It, mm. it wasn't finished. I mean, right. I don't know about you, but I don't eat half-baked cake. I don't want <laughs> right. to see something that's not ready yet. And the sad thing is, is that I don't, this, I don't know if it was judged on the merit. It wasn't shown in the best light that it could have had been. Um I mean yes, once you give a film to the people in the world, yeah, it's op- it's open season to criticize it or praise it or whatever you want. But this didn't even really get a fair shake. And and that's, you know, that's disappointing for obvious reasons, but moreover because little girls um are going to have to wait longer now before they can see a, a Batgirl who they can identify that says, Hey, she looks just like me too. Right. In Leslie Grace. And yeah, and, yeah. and she was wonderful. Oh gosh, she was good. Really terrific. She's a firecracker. Like like dynamite comes in small packages for a reason. Like she's a dynamo. Wow. I, just, I, I I so don't understand the movie business and and, and not releasing that. I mean unless they were Well, it's very simple. Is it going to make money? Is it not? You know, it's almost like a flow chart. So, Hmm. and then those are those ones. And then there are ones like the whale, which are you do one for money. You do one for love. And you hope that maybe the two can meet in between sometimes. But it's a two for you, one for me kind of pattern that I think I was on for quite a while there.
4: Well, so talking about business, after you do something like the whale and you just blow everyone away, your quote goes up, right? I mean, you be, you, you get a lot more money. That's it. That's how it works. <laughs> um, and, 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 you would think. I don't know. I'm I'm still waiting for the phone
5: to ring to tell you <laughs> perfectly. <laughs> where my heart on my feet here?
4: Um There's so many great movies you've done that are, that I would you know. I love the movie The Scout with Albert Brooks. I don't, is that, was that a financially big movie or, um. um... I don't think it was. See, I, I love that movie. I love Albert Brooks and I love you in that movie as this, this guy that he finds in the middle of. You know, nowhere who can actually throw a ball and pitch and also hit. He's a phenom. I don't know. I thought that was just, just a fun movie. And, uh, I mean, and to get to work with Albert Brooks, I mean, that had to be insane. It's
5: the, too. it's the through line of King Kong. Okay. You yeah. had to go into the jungle. To find Kong, you know, the mighty one and then bring him back to the concrete jungle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and sell him. But he might break free of his straps and start climbing buildings and swatting airplanes out of the sky. And that was, that was this movie essentially. Oh, interestingly, also in Adam's film, Hustle, it's sort of again, the same story. It's a scout who just lives for finding this talent. And his Kong is Guancho, who he has to turn into a real player has to own who he is has to be obsessed with the sport and there's this one scene that adam plays with him where he's asking him are you obsessed with with basketball and he's kind of indifferent yeah yeah i am he's like you need to be otherwise get out because there's 58 guys waiting for your place in line
4: absolutely being a leading man and i'm talking about when you're a young guy did did you fear for your face in other words everything in movies is a close-up is that certain magic that certain men have and certain women have, like Julia Roberts has it. She, you, you looked at her and she smiled and you, she just had that thing. Every guy wanted to be with her and every woman wanted to be her. Same, same with you and the leading man thing. I'm talking about the good looking, strapping leading man. And, and you, when you start to see yourself in movies and you go to Hollywood, do you start to go oh my god if i get a blemish if i get a cut on my face if i injure myself if i hurt myself my movie career dries up i am not i gotta keep a look going does it no become? I, th- no not never me.
5: thought that way i mean nope. i mean it would be bad to be disfigured no matter who you are or what you do but
4: i don't even mean disfigure. i mean like putting on five pounds putting a put, put, you know something i would just be i would start to get paranoid i gotta keep this face well preserved i'd be putting on the, your face the cream at night.
5: your body everything goes into consideration but at the same time you need to use who you are like a toolkit and um be really pragmatic about it i i i honestly just see a dude with bug eyes and weird hair every time <laughs> i look at myself on screen and you know i flatter and everything for what you just said about me thank you Howard. you're a good looking guy yourself um I'm very attractive I, man that's I just, what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, uh, <laughs> um if anything i i wanted them to bang my face up a little bit more put some scars
4: on it and, <laughs> make it a little more interesting me some
5: personality
4: yeah you know what's also funny when i read about you you know when you started you, as you say you were a theater nerd, you were you know with a lot of theater actors, and then you go to Hollywood and you start making movies one right after another and then your your little um theater friends start in with you oh you 're selling out oh yeah you're such a sellout I you're heard saying, that. Oh, you heard that can sell out I heard that. because you're now doing those horrible movies and yeah. you've got you know you should be a theater actor it's jealousy isn't it there's a lot of jealousy
5: I, I think that there's a lot of coveting that goes on, but hopefully we all evolve past that, and the college associates and and, you know other people in your life if we're fortunate they come back and they're supportive of you later on because you're like we're still doing this i'm still in the game you know and that's the reward in itself you know uh, people who get to host saturday night live like you did twice
4: um i've spoken to a lot of people actors actors who are very comfortable being in front of a camera right they say that there's a throw-up bucket (laughs) <laughs> right by, which, right before you go to do your monologue, is yeah. a bucket. There is right. Well, it's a garbage can. And, yeah, yeah, garbage can, and they yeah. say that's where you can throw up. That for some reason, going out as yourself as the host of Saturday Night Live reduces the most comfortable actors on camera to mush. <laughs> was that a nerve wracking experience, or was that one you just see as a? It's highlight?
5: it's ab- abject fear for oh, six days, and then once you hear. Them, you hear the announcer say your name and the door opens and you take center stage. It feels like all of that sheds away and you um, have an out of body experience. And the feeling of I had the first time was like, I truly felt like I was a part of New York City in a really meaningful way. And for that hour, you and your castmates, you own the town because you're live and it, it's, right. it's the, it's a heartbeat of, of, of who, of, of, of what this place is about for a short while, yeah. and and that's really terrifically affirming. But then once you start doing the show, everything becomes a blur, and it's all about running around under the bleachers in the dark, changing clothes and makeup and hair, and, and not trying trying to not bump into things because everyone's sprinting to get to the next sketch to find out. Only when you get there, oh no, it's been cut. Wait, I'm, I'm dressed up like Charlie Brown. Uh, what do I do? Pull it off. Go on to the next one. It, it, it it doesn't give you time to think about what's going on and there's a real system in place and it feels more like um it feels more like a theater company a really yeah. good one well developed highly you know well oiled machine but the the support is all there and um the the and oh and Lauren will come out just before you do the monologue, and he'll have a couple of words with you. And the, everyone told me this is what he's going to do, and you never know what he's going to say, I was told. And what he did tell me is he he came out, and he just said, I don't do a very good, Lauren. he said, well, you know, it's, uh, it's all about confidence, <laughs> <laughs> this oh, is what wow, he said confident. to me. That's yeah. what he told me. I wasn't sure if he was telling me, like, don't suck or or, or get it together, (laughs) Fraser. But He'll have a word with you um, before they they send you in.
4: Brendan, you know, it's a, a pretty remarkable career. I guess if somebody said to you, a young guy said to you, hey, I'm thinking of going into acting, you would probably tell him, yeah, it's a great life, it's a great career, but maybe you wouldn't. Maybe you'd say, you know what, it's also a lot of heartache. Um and and a lot of pressure and
5: um, I get asked you know. this question a lot. I do a lot of fan conventions I have right. done in recent years and I've loved it to connect with people who I formerly um, felt that oh it's not for me or what do people uh, what, when you go to fan conventions what what are, they, what are they there for are they
4: for the mummy are they there for Georgia the jungle what they show what are up are they,
5: look, they like show up looking like Chaz Darby from Airheads sometimes they they show up really like Stu Miley from Monkey Bone they show up <laughs> as in a Doom Patrol, maybe also. Janky, yeah, Cliff right. Steele show up in a in a Robot Man costume. It's awesome. I mean, I love cosplayers. They're 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 they they found their tribe. That's what I always feel like. when You, know, you early, like that kind of thing. You like I going do, yeah. to a convention. Commi- yeah, yeah, I like it because everyone feels like they're they're all here for a reason, and they all kind of know why, and and it's to fulfill this need that they have to identify with the people who they have put on pedestals. Right and and that's what do you think they're after? Do they want to see that there's a real guy there? I mean, they, they you know, people yeah, put you on a pedestal, but, some, but they, you got to be careful that pedestal stuff because you can. We put people on pedestals just to knock them off. Sometimes, I mean, right. It's a. Strange practice but it's kind of the business and then you climb back up again if you're so lucky but yeah there are those who show up who kind of want to poke you a little bit and see where the seams are and see you yeah, know are you for real are you I don't yeah. know. like you you pass the litmus test of okay no he's a cool guy that's all right i'll, I'll continue liking him or there's some people that show up and they have their partner with them and, and they go i'm here because of her and and you can i just get the feeling that there's there's been an argument at home over me, <laughs> so I, I try to be real diplomatic about it, you know, Um and, and otherwise, there's just people who are really, uh for whatever their personal reasons are, they're really fulfilled or happy just to make your acquaintance, if only for a few moments, and... I find that really gratifying and affirming. And sometimes there are uh, those also who I can clock from across a convention, um, room, hall, who I can tell right away on the, that, that he's on the spectrum. You know, I can, you know, that there's somebody who needs a little more love, a little more time because they're autistic or they have Asperger's. Right. And this is their world. This is where they belong. And, um, no matter all of the, noise surrounding the hysteria that goes into the whole, um, celebrity bullshit. I always, always, um, stop a train to have a moment with them because my oldest son is autistic and I know, I know how meaningful it is to their families and to them. And, um, it's, I'm sorry, (laughs) it means a lot to, to feel like you can gratify someone just just simply by showing up, <laughs> it means a lot. It seems like there is so, m- so
4: many people who have autistic uh, children. I-, I mean, I speak to a lot of people w- w- about this. And it is probably one of life's most difficult things as a parent because you worry your whole life. Will my kid be able to be independent? What happens after I die? Will my kid be okay? I would think that's You feel like me. Charlie is what
5: you feel like. Right. In a way. Like, what's the plan here? Can I make good with this? What will the legacy be? Um, I, I I know, of course. What, what can we do other than give ourselves a break and muddle our way through it together and do what works and do what works until it doesn't work anymore and then find something new? And yes, you will have to fight with school board. And yes, there will be weird people that you meet along the way who have a completely different agenda compared to what the purpose of sending a kid to a special needs school is. And You're going to encounter a lot of really colorful people. And how you navigate that all comes down to um, how much you know that everything's going to be okay. I mean, it is. But do you know that? Do you really know that? I mean, you don't that know. To Of course you don't. You, you must believe in that is what I want to say. You, mu- yeah. you must believe that in spite of it. Because when, when, when I, when I found out that my kid has diagnosis at two, like 22 months, 24 months, I should ask after again, I forget. But it was early on and, um, it, it crestfallen to say the least. Um, and the, the first reaction that, i had was i want to know how to fix this how do i what's the cure you're like what does this mean and and at that time i i didn't um uh i mean you're just you're just you're just hit with a baseball bat in the back of the side of the head you know you don't what this isn't the way it's supposed to turn out and you blame yourself and you think oh my genealogy or i don't know i smoked weed in college or like what you know you start blaming yourself over the reasons why and the it's like trying to get a straight answer out of a fucking leprechaun you know it's like what why does this happen and the answer is for reasons unknown but why For reasons unknown well give me an answer for reasons unknown because you know what no one knows we don't have to know you just have to know that it is and once you
4: realize that we always look for reasons why because it gives us control in other words you think if you can figure out the reason why your son got autism (laughs) <laughs> then you have some control over the situation and th- there's so many things in life I've learned now. We have no control over There's no, no answer. You don't. you don't have an answer.
5: And, and, you and then, you, know. then you learn quickly that I wouldn't have it any other way. This kid has the most joy on board of anyone I know. And he happens to be related to me as my son. I want to know what he thinks is so gut bustingly funny all day long in a genuine way. He's cracking himself up that he loves to go for a ride in the car. It doesn't matter where you're taking him that he would, he would sit on, he, he would go on a big airplane and ride commuter flights between here and Philly all day if he could just because those are the things that bring him joy, and but the real but 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 we know
4: that if especially if you don't have money, that as joyous as it may be, the day in and day out care for a kid yes. who has severe autism is incredibly difficult and 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 in a way, I mean maybe this is too personal, but can that destroy your marriage as well? Having a kid who is special needs, does it put strain on the relationship? Do you blame each other? Is, is that what did in your marriage, in a sense, that it became very, very difficult to look at each other?
5: I paid more attention to my uh, professional life than I did my personal one. Right. That was me. Um, and in, but with, with Griffin, it's all bets are off. Who cares right. what our problems are with each other? That doesn't matter. And right. it's under a white flag. And we do anything and everything in support of this boy's needs and his brothers. And that's, you know, that's what I was able to commit to in the most meaningful way. And yes, it's going to be hard for people to find resources that are available to them to name the benefits that they've got coming that they may not even have known of. And you need advocacy to do that. But the help is there if you can seek it out. And that's that's the biggest challenge. Is getting and, the system to work for you.
4: And when you say it was difficult with the dealing, like with school and stuff like that, is it because other parents have wacky theories about some autism? Did. Yeah, and then and then it becomes difficult to uh, get your kid help because there's they want
5: there's it. some folks who um, may have uh, been outspoken, and you understand the reasons why. Again, you know, you want to know how to fix it, but the. Um, sort of self-diagnosis and home remedy attitude about this isn't really helping everyone at once i mean everyone has good intentions um right but in practice it might not be that helpful and you learn that is
4: like as people going. who suddenly become scientists and go oh it's uh, the vaccine causes autism uh, or the
5: no yes yeah it's crazy right and it frustrates you it just makes me think that this isn't progress I mean once you just have to accept that it is what it is, um that's really what it, then you can take the pressure off of yourself to just deal with it for what it's worth, yeah wow well
4: listen i uh I believe me, there's plenty to talk about in your career, and I'm thrilled for you with the whale. I believe you will win the Oscar. I believe you will go up there and forget your speech and then start winging it. That's what I believe, uh, based on our conversation. But hopefully what you will rehearse. What are you rehearse.
2: gonna do if he doesn't win?
4: Uh, I will be upset. I will, because, uh, <laughs> listen, I, I haven't seen all the movies, but my analysis says you're gonna win. This was some performance. It was really your movie. Uh, you made the whole movie, for God's sake. I mean, you're sitting in a room for a whole movie carrying on and uh, it's believable and it's moving it's fantastic you did it thank you that's it let's get the award thanks Harry. i mean uh, that's the end of it enough with the campaigning and all the carrying on
2: i got to say one more thing even the sound of that
5: movie is
2: like amazing
5: that was um R- rob Simons is the um the or- the, music- the musician orchestrator and he created that um overtone with, uh, get this, a 28-foot flute. He f- oh, he wow.
4: found,
2: a 28-foot yes, flute? Like a
5: ginormous didgeridoo like,
4: kind uh, of flute. That that's wow. like Ian Anderson territory. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> 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 Wild. That's Friend, do you uh, uh, Maybe you've discussed this enough, I don't know. But um, uh, th- th- this whole controversy, not controversy, where you didn't get the Golden Globe Award, uh, Austin Butler got it. Yeah. Well-deserved, uh, too. That was a big uh, win uh, for him. Eh, you should have gotten it uh but of course i believe they didn't give it to you because you had this whole uh a, a really horrible thing happened to you with the head of the golden globes and you said if i ever get a golden globe i will not i will not go you stuck to your guns and i admire that you had a bad incident with this guy from the golden globes and and uh more than bad he he wrecked you you know he he wrecked you and and so do you think you know In a way, with the Golden Globes, I think it probably is calculated. They said, hey, Brendan Fraser's not going to show up to the Golden Globes, so let's give it to Austin Butler. In a way, in a way, I could believe that might have happened.
5: Do you, do you, do you think so? That's one scenario, but yeah, it, it crossed my mind. I, I wound myself, I I found myself wondering, is this a cynical nomination? I, I, I couldn't really tell because of my history with them and that I still, have yet to see the results of their reformation, or we all are still waiting that to tell you the truth. Um, and but all that you know, get it or don't get it doesn't matter. What does matter is that it would mean nothing to me, I don't want it, I didn't ask for to be considered, even that that was presumed. And uh, I know that would displease many people for lots of reasons. But... You don't wind up
4: because you can't believe in an organization that didn't take action when you told them that you were uh, accosted by this guy who was the head of the uh, uh, Golden Globes. And in other words, they didn't respond to your accusations or, or your claims. And so you said, I want nothing to do with an organization like that. That's what I understand. Is correct. that correct? Yes. Correct. Okay. Essentially, right.
5: yes. Yeah, I
4: get it. I get it.
5: Uh, I mean, they needed yeah. me. I didn't need them because it wouldn't me- be meaningful to me. Do you really like where? Am I, where am I going to put that hood ornament? Like, yeah. Like, you know, what would I do with that? I, I, I can't. This is. I'm probably opening my mouth just to change feet here, so I'll take the mail on this later, <laughs> I guess. But okay. what I want to say is, it's my fight. No one else's. No one else's. It, it and I, In other I, words, you don't want what, that you don't want Darren Aronofsky to be, uh, blamed or you don't want, uh, you, what, what, what it, No. what, what I, what it? I mean is that, yeah. um, I don't need everyone to stand in solidarity with me. Um, you I know, I, I it, it, th- their prerogative is theirs. I, th- their professional aims are met the way that they are. Just for my, um, since, should uh, more
4: actors have stood in solidarity with you? Uh, um, maybe that, someone should have said, you know, Brendan Fraser was abused, uh, and he's never gotten an apology that's appropriate, in your opinion, and, and and others.
5: Maybe some people should have stood up for you. Maybe, but you know, it, it would be a leap of faith for whoever that would be and um that's true it would be a a calculated risk in a manner of speaking and it could also be trivialized very easily by the cynical view of of this all and um honestly i just i my mother didn't raise a hypocrite and i didn't want to sit and feel like i really don't know if i even want this um,
4: yeah you would if you would won the golden globe i doubt you would have felt good putting it in your living room that's my point and right and bringing it home and saying oh well gee now they like me but well uh, they didn't
5: it, it would be meaningful if they wanted to make amends to um issue an apology that made sense that showed that they have done reforms um that uh they share the uh in uh The the investigation that they did into me and my family and my friends, I never saw the result of that report. They wouldn't give it to me. They said, no, it's ours. So whatever's in it, they don't want me to read it. And instead, I was given um, a press release that said it was a joke. So nothing to look at. at. Do you
4: think they thought of it as a joke because you're a guy and you said, oh, another man sexually assaulted me. So therefore, oh, that can't be real. It's only, you know, only a woman could claim sexual assault, something like that.
5: Look, you're getting into territory right now. that You don't know. I don't know, but I do know that in the last 20 years, and I kept their secret for 15 of those, in a tenuous agreement that I wouldn't have to encounter that individual at any of their functions. And they flatly denied that that was the agreement now. So, I mean, they have questionable practices that have been addressed. Extensively by the LA Times, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I I honestly don't even really want to think about it that much because it's, it's not that important to me. And the good news is they, they did something important in that broadcast and it changed my thinking about them. And I'll tell you, they put Zelensky front and center. That's true. They let him have the stage. And that's a powerful statement and something that I can get behind and support.
4: Good. Okay. Well, I'm standing with you, like it or not. I mean, uh, I'm gonna. I'm, why not? I. Uh, that's me, and I am hoping you win the Oscar. I am. I can't remember a more compelling and moving experience than watching you in the whale. Um, man, what a great, uh, what a great role of a lifetime, and you nailed it. You nailed it. It's just it's perfect. It's, it's perfect. It's
2: a great cast too. The woman who played your daughter is amazing. Yeah, she was
5: great. That's Sadie Sink who is incredible. I had a front row seat to watch this kid just win the game ball every day. Every day. uh, Brendan, have
4: you watched that movie um, more than once? I've seen it five times. Six times. And and a lot of actors, I like your honesty, a lot of actors go, oh, I can't watch uh, anything I'm in. You watch it, why? Why have you seen it six times?
5: First I saw it because I just needed to know what we did. It was a year after and um, I was alone in a screening room. And I was rooted to the spot by the time the credits rolled. Like many people feel, um, you need to, uh, reevaluate a few things about what you formerly held as being important and, and unimportant. And none of that was lost on me. But at the same time, I felt like I was watching something that I should know more about because I'm the guy on the screen. But right. I was seeing something entirely new. I mean, I lived the experience of it, but to see but, but it. But when you watch it, when you watch it. Do
4: you get critical of it? Do you say, oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I In like, this you, case, you don't, not with the no. whale.
5: Not with the whale. No, I didn't. I think that because Darren... You don't second guess anything. I don't No, Darren's a damn good director. And he would get everything that he needed on, on the day. And If he didn't, then he would wait. And that happened with me. Because I had a Mount Kilimanjaro in this movie. It's when uh, Charlie makes his plea to apologize to his daughter to actually say the words that he was unable to for having left her when she was such a little girl in hope that he can be redeemed by it. And we had rehearsed all this. They shot Sadie's side first, and they had to turn the room around, then do mine for some lighting reason. We had to delay it, and Darren said, can we do it later this afternoon? Yeah, sure. Came back that afternoon. I I didn't have it. I didn't have the performance. I, I was like, it was all pedal and no gas and i was like this is it i've I've completely screwed up the whole uh picture this is the moment right now and he came in he stopped it and he said all right well everyone you know clear i'll give him a minute and he came back we tried again no no good so he said we're going to lunch it's the right thing to do we retreat and uh i of course i went back to my corner and just like stuck my lip out and thought you know kinds of horrible thoughts about myself i suck i don't know what i'm doing It's fuck and he came to me and he said um I just want you to know that, and I stopped him. I said, I just want you to know that there is no director has ever been this kind to me before, ever. And he said, I'm not being kind. I'm protecting my movie, and I'm protecting your performance. Right. And came back the next day after some sleep and not, you know, going... All recriminating, grinding my gears overnight, and we got the scene that we needed to do. But what that taught me was, is that he is a director who will stop at nothing to get the um the to get it in the can to tell the story. And but they had kept you waiting so long, in a way,
4: because you had to do hard coverage. They that you ran out of gas. In other words, you just didn't have it. That was it. That's my understanding of what you just said. Is yeah, that correct? I, I, yeah. I, yes.
5: And, wow. but, 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 uh, uh, that's, he, and he said, you peaked. That's what he told me. Thank you. He said, it happens to, uh, it happened to Ellen Burstyn. It happened to, he named Mickey. Every, you peaked. That's, that's what he told me. And no one ever said something like that to me before. And, and here when I met Darren, I had so much creative intimidation at first. Right. He's Darren Aronofsky. He's world class director who <laughs> has brought us the human condition in a way that dares you to look away that Never offers up an easy answer, um, and 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 asks you to reevaluate what you thought, or even challenges your firmly set beliefs, and calls you out for something that you're so resistant to change about you know, until you see that work. You know what I'm thinking. What the hell are you going to do when you're doing some movie
4: like five years from now and it's not Darren Aronofsky and it's some douchebag who's like, t- like completely opposite that like the bizarro Darren Aronofsky. You're just going to go, you're going to you're going to go full like uh, Daniel Day Lewis and like, you
5: know, scream. Uh, what you do, what you do is you smile and you nod and you show up on time. You know your job. You play nicely right. with others. And you cross your fingers and hope for the best. You know, it yeah, depends on... I, I,
4: and you know what's horrible? That guy is going to be in charge of editing the movie. And then he's going to cut out your best shit. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I You know? That. that could drive you... Well, listen. You are delightful. You are Brendan Fraser. You know who you are. I don't have to tell you. Who are you bringing to the Oscars with you? Are you going to bring uh, your, 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 uh, your wife, right? Uh, oh, I, I'm not
5: married at the moment. Not,
4: but do you have a girlfriend, right? I, I have a partner, yes. Her name's James. Are you in love? Are you in love?
5: I feel a great deal of love in my heart. Yeah. You do. Yeah.
4: You want, you, you against marriage now? I mean, I know you were married once and, uh, or, you, is it not in your lexicon marriage or, uh, partner is better? than being married
5: at the moment you know I, I think step by step is really what's important
4: right now yeah after you go through those divorces it takes a lot to get back in the saddle and get married again right
5: um yeah. well i'll find out <laughs>
4: we'll see <laughs> well listen i'll be watching you that night and know i'll be watching you
2: we'll be cheering we'll be rooting we'll be
4: cheering thanks robin we want to see a nice speech okay well prepared thank it. everyone i'll keep it together
5: if it happens please keep
4: it together <laughs> and what a joy to uh talk to you man i yes, wow thank
5: you thank you
4: a lot of fun and uh you know you're going to be on the red carpet uh, what's what are you going to wear and then they're going to say to you what story does your outfit tell i see i watched the
5: red carpet <laughs> yeah. um yeah I, I will be dressed by mr armani who sent me a beautiful oh. personal letter uh, whoa yeah. talk to me about that a free armani suit I think it might have been two of them in case, you know, one of them's a backup. Like, unbelievable. Why did Did they measure you? Did they? Oh, yeah. They oh, yeah. Oh, they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, going a, to a After we're done, I got to run to a fitting right now. But I mean, yeah. Are oh, you kidding? A, it's all coming together. It's very exciting. Um, Oh my God. You and Armani. And the story gorgeous. that it tells, I've requested, uh, uh, um, indigos and blues and phthalos to represent <laughs> the, oh. the depth of the ocean that a whale would swim at.
4: Yeah, beautiful, wow. beautiful. Very deep. I, I, I love that. Listen, Brendan Fraser says what? He says, go see the whale. The whale's in theaters, right? We can't stream it. We have to go to a theater and see it. Is that correct? That's right. Right. And, and, Boy, and we're, look,
2: we're going back. That's a rich That's old stuff. school.
4: Yes. Old school. That's right.
2: You gotta go to the theater.
4: Uh The Whale. That's what it's called. I'm telling you. Robin's telling you. This Ooh. is one heck of a movie. You will treat cry.
2: yourself. This is like acting <laughs> like you haven't seen in a movie. You haven't seen a story like this. You've got to see it.
4: There you go. You can't get a better endorsement than Brendan. You got to get to a fitting. You know that. I do. <laughs> and now, at the end of this interview, I will give you a six-minute standing ovation <laughs> just for the interview and what you've said. And here we go. Let me start. <laughs> Just so okay. six the,
5: minutes. Stopwatch out here. Yeah, yeah, it's just, an Italian just, just stopwatch. <laughs> Look, it says it's twenty-five minutes.
4: <laughs> Brendan, I notice you've gone to the thumb ring. You wear jewelry. You don't wear any jewelry. I see a watch, but I see a thumb. No, ring. No, no. What's much. going? What's going on with the thumb ring? This is unusual. What do we say? What are we saying with this? Darren gave this to me. Darren Aronofsky gave it to you. It
5: was on my script on day one.
4: What was What was the? What
5: was the symbolism? Well, if. if can I get up out of my chair to show your camera?
4: Please. Yeah. Uh, uh, don't lose your mic though. Can you mic uh d- yeah. d- What oh. Yeah, I can see it. But what's it say? It's a whale.
5: Oh,
2: oh it's a it's whale, a whale ring. ring.
4: Will you take that off eventually or will you wear the whale ring
5: the Will For a second. Will you wear the whale ring the rest of your life? I have oh, I worn mean, it since um since Venice, when wow. we premiered, and um, I have, uh, I will not wear it for the rest of my life because um, I'll share it with you. Um, whoever wins the the big the brass ring, if it's not me, I'm going to give this to them. Oh wow! So
4: let's say one of these other lesser actors wins <laughs> by some easy. I said it. You didn't say it. One of these people who put on a lesser performance by some fluke win, let's say it's uh, the Elvis guy. You will go up to him and say, this is my ring that Darren Aronofsky gave to me.
5: No, I uh, will say this has brought me really good fortune and meaning, and I, I hope it serves you well. And you'd honor me if you would accept this from me. Well. Can I think this through with
4: you for one second? I okay. think
5: it's a mistake. I think it's a mistake for you to give the whale ring away.
4: Why? Because it was given to you. In a bond with Darren Aronofsky. It's a very special piece in your life. Even if you put it in a box and you keep it on your desk, you will always know that, hey, this was the start of something huge in my career. And this is between Darren and myself. And it would mean, it's a beautiful gesture, don't get me wrong. If you walked up to me and I won the Oscar and you said, hey, I want you to have it, bro. I would also feel funny taking it because this is such a personal thing between you and Darren Aronofsky. What do you think
5: of what I'm saying? I have to agree with you actually. I didn't think of it that way. I'm glad you told me that. I mean, I think it also makes a presumption about um their uh, the judgment of if if they should or should not have received the honor. So um, maybe I'll just give him a big wet sloppy kiss on the mouth instead. Yeah, seriously, I'm,
4: I mean it. I'm, I'm also afraid this kid Austin Butler would start talking like the character in The Whale if you know. <laughs> but, but you never know with <laughs> he this kid.
5: But uh, no, I will this, make it, some gesture. I'm, I, look, maybe it's just my own way of feeling like okay, Alyssa, well, I have a fail failsafe uh, to fall back on in the event that. We where do to... you imagine
4: where do you imagine that Oscar is going to be in your house? <laughs> where, what room will it be in? Are you one of these guys? Oh, I'll put it in the bathroom. It's a big joke or are you going to put it on the mantle? Where, where is it going to reside?
5: Honestly, I'm going to have to Come think on. about that. Right this instant, um instance uh I I there's a shelf. Um maybe nice. I'll I'll put it on a shelf. Um What shelf? Where is the shelf? Uh, uh, it's uh, by the fireplace. Um It is. Yeah, right. and uh, I like that. You know, I, I, um, it's where all the other hood ornaments are that I've collected over the years for, you know. What do you got on that shelf? you uh, got what? You the best, a- uh, um, Pee Wee Bowling League, um, grade nah, four. You, where, so,
4: do you imagine, where do you imagine that Oscar is going to be in your house? <laughs> where, what room will it be in? Are you one of these guys? Oh, I'll put it in the bathroom. It's a big joke. Or are you going to put
5: it on a mantle? Where, where is it going to reside? Uh, honestly, I'm going to have to Come think on. about that. Right this instant, um, instance, uh, I, I, there's a shelf. Um, maybe nice. I'll, I'll put it on a shelf. Um, what shelf? Where is the shelf? Uh, it's uh, by the fireplace. Um, it is. Oh, yeah. Right. And, I uh, like that. you know, I, I, um, it's where all the other hood ornaments are that I've collected over the years for, you know. What do you got on that shelf? You uh, got what you best, got. The a- best, uh, um, Pee Wee Bowling League. Um grade nice. four. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, that was my grade first trophy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I think I I got it's a participation award basically. Um no I don't have that. I lost it when I was a kid. But I was that was the first award I was given. Um I there's a uh, Critics' Choice Award for the now contentious film, Crash, which um, won that year, and it also won an Oscar for Best Picture. We don't know if it holds up or not, but at the time, it was meaningful. Absolutely. Um, What else is there? I think there's something that looks like a hockey puck. I think it was like Newcomer of the Year back in 92 or something. Nice. Nice, nice.
4: All right. Listen. Okay. It's a good start. I have... I, I don't know if you know it. I won the uh, Best Hair Award uh, four years five, in a row. But I, I don't want to brag. It's not about, before, I don't want to make it about, me. yeah, I, five years. Who knows? I don't want to brag. I don't want to make it about me. All right, listen. Brendan Fraser says, go see The Whale. And he's right. You should go. We say it too. We, say, we it. say it as well in theaters. Now, thanks for giving me so much time. I've spent a ridiculous amount of time uh, taking up your life when you should be getting your fitting.
5: Not at all. I'm, I'm grateful for the extensive research you did. And I mean it from the heart. When I I saw you in private parts with Rob, Robin, that scene, I went, that's acting. That That is there, right there.
4: You oh, thank you. I I was ignored I mean, by the academy. I don't know why. No one no one thought of me that year. But uh, what are you going to do? You know what I mean. At least you make another one. That's what you're going to do. <laughs> oh God. Uh, one was enough. Uh, Brendan, thank <laughs> you so much. Thanks, Art. And, uh, and peace and love. Your beautiful man. And thank you for that beautiful performance. You changed my life with it. You were great. And uh, and uh, great. To st- thank you. Thank That's you. It. Thank you. It's always hard to bye say bye. goodbye. Let's not say goodbye. Someone. Let's
5: just say farewell. <laughs>
4: Yeah, see just stay here. And if you want to give me the whale ring, I understand why. Please Easy. Uh, send it <laughs> Easy. <give> <laughs> Easy. Okay. Don't waste it on those other guys. All right. There he goes. Brendan Fraser. Bye. He, he, Be well. Loves show business. He's. You look good, Robin. Look at you. Did really? you do that smoky? Today? Did you, you have that smoky eye thing going again with your we'll uh, makeup? I always have that. Let me see. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know there's something going on over there
2: i don't know uh, well I i'm exhausted I terrible today
4: no no I thought no this, this was not a... a good day no this is a good day for you walk around i'm telling you <laughs>
2: then i should walk <laughs> around today <laughs>
4: yeah today's your day uh anyway all right listen we're gonna see what you tomorrow. A, what
2: a great interview that was and uh so amazing this great film guy. He's, he's quite something. And yep. uh, yeah, thank you for that. Thank you yeah. for that interview.
4: Good stuff. Robin, tomorrow we have a lot of ground to cover. You need to get a good night's sleep. We, okay. um, we have a lot to go over.
2: We have a responsibility you know <laughs> for this
4: audience. All right. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Bye.
6: Serious XL. <laughs> Howard Stern.